play that theme music, you sound bomb. It's a show by Chris and Neil with all great movies. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. No, it is not the new age outlogs. It is movies that don't suck and some that do. My name is Neil. And I'm Chris. And today with us, we are going to be doing the wonderful. Well, first, we're going to be doing the best of 2021. But we do have a guest with us today. He is from the. Oh, man, I know I'm going to mess it up again because I'm thinking it over. Um, the Rally in Broadcasting. Uh Radulich Broadcasting. Radulich Broadcasting. Broadcasting. It is Mark Radulich. Give us the music. <laughs> Mark, welcome. <laughs> hey, dude, what's up? Yeah, we're, we were thrilled to have you on, pal. <laughs> well, th- thanks for having me on. I am. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. Uh, when I saw you were one of the few that was actually going to review Lamb. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, finally, a podcast that isn't just reviewing Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I've been listening ever since. Oh, you guys glad, are great. I'm and, glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would like to think that I, I have a part in diversifying the movies we do review. What do you think, Neil? From, from listening to um, you, that's what Chris I heard. Chris likes all the creepy movies that uh, your creepy <laughs> uncle would make you watch late at night <laughs> when you used to hang out with him. Uh, Chris is that creepy uncle. He just Come needs on, to have dude. nieces and nephews. <laughs> <laughs> I, from, I, from listening to you guys, I, I my impression was that Chris is the one that picks the movies, um, that that you're the one that sets the schedule, right? Uh, we go halvesies. Yeah, we go halvesies. halvesies. Like, uh, yeah, we 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 talk a lot via via text and just like, oh, this is the movie I want to see. This is the movie I want to see because I'm sure on either one of our lists today, uh, the best, the worst, and stuff like that, we're gonna have movies the other one picked mm-hmm. just because. Um, we uh, we try to we try to get as vast as much as possible, but you gotta. I mean, in this day and age, let's just think about it. I mean, with all the streaming networks and and movies at the theater now that they've come back. I mean, what December? How many movies did we get dumped on us? I know, just a like, lot. The fuck yeah, you know. we're still catching up. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's um, it's exciting. <laughs> I've been waiting to do this episode forever, but I really labored over my list. I did when it, I did it like five or six times. Just make sure I cut everything, and um, I think I'm good. Oh, I got I, uh, explanations on why everything's great and everything's bad. So I, so there's a uh, the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. There's about a dozen of us that I that I work with for all different kinds of shows, sure. and we're in chat together. And so I, so I said, hey, I'm going to be doing movies that don't suck and some that do. I'm trying to really get out there and be on other people's shows because I'm kind of a podcast hermit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I only do my own stuff. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to get out there. I want to meet people. I want to mm-hmm. be on different shows. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go on your show. And you're like, we're going to do this top 10. So I make my top 10. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to be on this show. Here's my top 10. What do you think? And one of my friends who I love him to death, Chris Bailey, he's one of the podsmen that does wrestling with me. Sure. And he goes, this seems like a list that somebody with no friends would make. <laughs> and I, that. I was like, I you're like, you're so right. I was going for snooty art critic and I, <laughs> and I nailed it. And you know what the thing is about uh, uh, me and Chris though, is 
we met because I hear actually, uh, let yeah. me give you that fun fact. I actually have a fun fact right here. We met over playing D and D and at, and drinking mead at a fellow podcasters. He does uh, the mead house. Uh, his name is Jeff Schaus, good friend of ours, mm-hmm. but literally, so we're from D and D group, you know, yeah. what mm-hmm. are more outcasts than a bunch <laughs> of geeks that sit around a table on Friday nights, <laughs> you know, mead like, tastes so much better when you're playing D and D. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, but the hangovers uh, are so much worse. <laughs> my, my, I remember uh, Jeff gave me a bottle of mead for my birthday once, and he's like, "It was a beer bottle." He's like, "Don't drink that like beer. Just drink it like you would liquor." And I'm all like, "Whatever." So I downed it, and I don't remember the rest of the night after that. <laughs> so, but it was uh, good times. Yeah, so we, uh, yeah, me and uh, me and Chris, literally what happened, um, even to start this podcast, because at first, what we did is we we gave away everything. Yeah, we yeah. just explained the whole damn movies. <laughs> and then, then all our friends and family were like, we can't ever listen to you because you ruin every movie, and we don't watch as many movies as you. So we had to decide that we had to take it down. About, about, about 15 episodes in is when we stopped doing that. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't think we finally got our niche until somewhere around episode like 195. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because I do. I have the same issue, but I made it a point to say at the beginning when we were doing Damn You Hollywood, which is our new movie review podcast, mm-hmm. that we're going to spoil the movie. This is a deep dive film analysis discussion. Right. Um, either listen to it or don't, but that's what we're going to do. And if that means less people listen, that's fine. But I get it because like the critically acclaimed guys are the same thing. So much of their review is, well, I don't want to tell you this because I don't want to spoil it. But so, then their reviews of each movie are like five minutes. We're we're pretty uh, good on when it comes to new movies that we should spoil. Like for example, <laughs> like for example, if we're going to touch uh, Matrix or any Marvel movie, we'll give our general review and they say, "Okay, leave now. This is what we're doing next week. Leave now. Leave ten seconds, and then we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie." So- and as soon as we say we're going to spoil the fuck out of it, the first thing I do is make sure to give the biggest spoiler break out of all of it. Like, No Way Home, believe me, the first thing I said was, oh, wait, there might be people that still haven't seen it. <laughs> what, when are you not allowed to spoil it anymore? Like, I, how many, how, what's the time limit? I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about a year, honestly. When, I was going to say, when the spoiler is all over Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now I can say Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire made an appearance yeah. in Spider-Man. Yeah, because right? they're, they're fucking everywhere. Or did yeah. I just lose ten listeners? Well, I could, uh, I can <laughs> cut it out later, man. Like I always, oh, always, that's true, that's true. Or you can, you can just put like beeping noises over it. You can say, I almost, <laughs> you know, almost, <laughs> almost, almost downloaded censored the old thing, but I thought that was a little too, <laughs> thought that was a little too, um, you know, annoying. He's always <laughs> trying to censor me, Mark. He's always trying to censor me. It's it's weird, which is weird because <laughs> he was in the punk band and I was in a metal band yeah. growing up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sorry. I was I was more like, and he was more like, you know, he was like, I know that's you know, not whatever. that's not what I listened to. Okay. Yeah, it's exactly what your band sounded like. You. <laughs> Wasn't it called like the the Screaming Helens or something like that? It was Tantrum. That was the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. mine was Ragnarok. <laughs> I'm guessing yours was like more death metal. Who mine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like um, mine was like I think one of the the song that made us the most money, which by most money I mean like 120 bucks, because uh, that's how many cassettes we sold. That's how old I am. Um, was called Pretty Little Whore. 
<laughs> so like, and it's like, <sighs> yeah, it was, you couldn't understand the lyrics. I couldn't understand the lyrics and I wrote them. Uh, <laughs> a girl. All right. So uh, a friend of mine, sorry, my, my friend Kat, who's a big fan of, uh, we were both big fans of clutch. And yeah, we, just, yeah. we jokingly, we jokingly said one day we were going to start a death metal band called Fra Diavla. And the lyrics were just going to be uh, ingredients in a cookbook. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, 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 um, one time I, I was trying to do a, a punk band with a guy, and his name mm-hmm. was Skunk. And he had, like, a big mohawk. He was, like, a radio personality in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, I wanted to call the group the Masturbating Skunks. <laughs> and uh-huh. I was like, but then we can short it for M and make it MS. That's so then yeah. when people are like, hey... You know, we want to go get MS tonight. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes! <laughs> or you can do a benefit show, MS benefit show, people that need to come oh, yeah, it. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. I was a bad kid. <laughs> I was rebelling against all those Amish people I lived around. Um, but anyway, so, I mean, let's get to it, guys, because let's be honest, this is going to take us a minute for all of us to fight out why the best is the best. Of the, best, the best. of the best, of the best, of the best, of the best. I promise to keep it pithy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, me and Chris will argue like an old married couple. Yeah. It's awesome. So uh, let's start with you, Mark. What's your number ten best movie of the year? Number ten for twenty twenty one. Number ten is West Side Story. West Side Story. Okay. Here's why. Um, number one, regardless of so, I got it. I said before, like this was a mixture of things that I like the most and what I thought were the best made West Side mm-hmm. Story. I really, really liked, but I also think it's one of the best made movies of this year. The cinematography in West Side Story is spectacular. And I give Steven Spielberg a lot of credit for making, you know, what, what was essentially a rundown part of New York that was being remade look so beautiful. That's a trick. The color palling on West Side Story around that, around this junked up city was you know different shades of gray and how do you make gray look gorgeous there's a that opening shot of the wrecking ball looks spectacular like it really caught my eye i saw it with both my kids and also generally any movie where like my kids and i are having a good time will will sit pretty high on you know one of my favorite movies of the year and my my daughters react my daughters is an, an 11 year old little feminist (laughs) <laughs> and her reaction to I feel pretty was, I'm allowed to curse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Fucking yeah. priceless. <laughs> <laughs> I just, her little 11 year old self, I thought she was going to walk off the screen and just start like throwing Molotov cocktails at it. <laughs> um, the, honestly, the West Side Story was nearly perfect, in my opinion, um, save for the male lead, who was a little on the flat side. But I, I got the impression, having never seen the original or the stage play, the, the musical, that he You've was never supposed seen the original? to be. I've never seen the original? I've never seen West Side Story before. Really? Like, oh, my yeah, grandmother used to torture me with it all the yeah. time. The, that, that was the biggest problem. And then the fact that I kept on noticing the lyric changes like in mm-hmm. like uh i feel pretty there's lyric changes uh off the yes. side of the oh, i'll let you say it but i died laughing and cause, yeah because from what i understand 
they actually changed it back to what it was originally. It's not, I feel witty and pretty and gay. It was something else. And then they went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they changed it back to what the musical version Mm -hmm. of it is. But I, I don't know. I, I, I was really nitpicking at that, and I probably shouldn't have, but okay. I love musicals. I thought it, like the cinematography and everybody brought their A game in that movie. So, when it comes to what's for me, I'm not a musical guy, right? So, at all. Right. So, I literally have to pull teeth to get him to watch a musical. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, it wasn't quite a spectacular to me. I did, I did appreciate the filmmaking because I'm a Spielberg fan. Spielberg is good movies. Um, so, I, I knew it was beautiful. I knew it was, uh, it was. Well done, but again, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Also, I just got hmm. out of the nest and I may, may have colored my <laughs> feelings on it a little bit. But um, yeah, that was a what's that story? So um, I'll go next. Number ten for me. The Number ten of, for Chris. The eyes of Tammy Faye is my on there. The eyes of Tammy Faye. Yeah. So uh, Jessica Chastain is a fucking like like goddess in the movie. Beast she's, in that movie. Yeah, she's she's amazing, and so. I, I, I was pretty I knew a little bit about Jim Baker and all that all that sort of stuff coming on, but this movie really uh I tried to keep my going going fresh and and uh you know I go I always have my sort of like you know crinkle my nose at that sort of thing, but I was I was really taken in by the whole story and by the end I really liking Tammy Faye Baker as a person or Tammy Faye, so it was a really interesting movie and I I, I was. I was captivated the whole time. I was really surprised by how much I actually really liked it. Uh, can I say, can I say that the eyes of Tammy Faye is in my honorable mentions? Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, um, but it totally um, is. It's great. And for you, Mark, uh, maybe you don't know this, but uh, I work here. Uh, I live here in Tulsa and I work in radio here in Tulsa and you'll never guess where our radio stations are located at. Where oh, are you? Ah. <laughs> Oral Roberts University, which the last <laughs> nice. scene of that movie takes place in the auditorium at Oral Roberts University. I could not find that movie to watch it here. Like, I had to, like, find a, a copy somewhere and, <laughs> and, and watch it. <laughs> Did you sail the high seas? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm part of a lot of pirate groups already. Uh, can ask the Renaissance festivals, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, um, and so and so I had to watch it that way because literally I think that they tried to ban it here, which I had no idea why because it didn't make ORU in bad light or anything like that. And the movie I thought Jessica Justine ruined her skin <laughs> for that movie. She's so good in that movie; it's incredible. Just she's that, an incredible actress. She should, she that, should get nominated for sure. If that movie doesn't win um, the Oscar for like best makeup, oh, I don't yeah. know what will. Oh, it's it's yeah. she, they did an incredible job with her. The only thing I'll say because you know I don't want I don't want to go too long with each one of these things yeah. is how one of the things I said about it when we reviewed it was how much it redeems uh, Tammy Faye, oh, who yeah. was kind of who was kind of a joke, and I like that. I don't. Yeah, you know, I think if somewhere deep inside she's a really good person, I think that should sh- shine through in the movie, and it does. Yes, it really, it really makes yeah. her seem like a sympathetic character who, maybe a little naive, maybe um, didn't know what was going on, but g- genuinely was a decent person who wanted to help people, and that's the thing I like best about that. Yeah, movie. I yeah. didn't, I didn't know she was a gay icon until after this. I didn't know like that she mm-hmm. was a, it was a icon for you know of that side that people. You know, really liked her for that. And I really, I, I really appreciate that too. They showed that part, uh, and it was, you know, 
it it forced tears out of me this movie for sure. Um, uh, and then it, it's easy to make you cry though, so what do I know? Yeah, and, and another thing uh, that I mentioned when we re, uh, did our episode on it uh, was that I actually got to meet Tammy back in 1988 or 89 at Summerfest. If you listen long enough, Neil will, just, Neil will just name drop people he's met like, all the time. I, I've met a lot of people. Hey, there's a reason Andre the Giant's tattooed on me, bro. <laughs> Is it really? You really have an Andre the Giant tattoo? Yeah, yeah, right here. Uh, Andre nice. The Giant. Uh, do you know? Are you familiar with the uh, with the witch, the movie The Witch? No. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he has black Philip tattooed on his arm. In it's, fact, I have a fun fact about that. It's a goat, but I can't. I can't pull up my. He can't do it. It's, he, it's right, very well, hard for him to get naked. This is hilarious. <laughs> I too have something tattooed on me. It's Pennywise from It. Oh no! Nice. What, what, which which one though? Is it Tim Curry or is it New It? Tim Curry. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I mean, it's like in the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go next, guys. I have my number 10. And my number 10 is the only – let me let me make this 100%, make sure I'm saying the truth here. Yes, it's the only animated movie that I've put on any of my lists this year. And it is The Mitchells versus The Machines. Wow. wow. Uh, from one, the best animated movie all year long. Period. I, I, in, in my in my thoughts, because it made you laugh, it made you cry, it made you think. It was like National Lampoon travel movie with robot takeover of overlords. Yeah, we watched you know? this pretty early in the year, didn't we? We watched it like over yeah, 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 yeah. We did, and I've watched it like four or five times since then. <laughs> you know, just throwing it on in the background. Uh, and yeah, you know, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, uh, Olivia Coleman, uh, Fred Amerson, Charlie A, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. Um, if, you know, this movie was brought to us by the same people who did, or did Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, they did the Lego movie. Um, and for me, it, it is, it was just really fun and enjoyable. And it's one of those movies, no matter what age you are, you could just put it on and everybody could have a good time. Cause they, they did that, you know, borderline. We got to see those adult jokes that maybe the adults can catch, you know, and, but then, but they're so, they're so done well that if you're, you know, you're nine years old, you're not going to catch what that little joke was about. They, they do that thing that Pixar does when everyone can enjoy the movie. You know, it's not just kid centric. So like when it was the Mitchell's versus machines, they were able to include everyone in the, that's what mm-hmm. a lot of family movies uh, fail to do. We'll, we'll talk about that later in our top five worst for maybe for me. <laughs> I have two kids. Um, I have an uh, 11 year old daughter who I mentioned, and then I have an eight year old son. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched it, and we all had a great time. I, I, I'm in total agreement. It's the best animated movie of this year, uh, bar none. And it was it was relatable. And this is what I was going to say. It's why the reason I brought up my kids. As a dad, I really related to the movie a lot. So it's it's a well written movie, and it was very well done, but also very relatable for me. And you mentioned like oh, it brought a tear to your eye. Yeah, I was like not quite as bad as Encanto. Not Encanto. Um, well, not quite as bad as Coco, where I cried so hard I had a headache. Right? <laughs> I I needed a moment. Um, but it was close. Like I really loved Mitchell's versus the Machines. It's 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 easily the best animated movie of the year. Yeah, I saw Encanto actually couple a couple days ago like last weekend mm-hmm. and i was snow we were snowed in at our place in here and can't see but yeah i i I, didn't, I had no intention of seeing it when i finally watched it, i'm like why did I sleep on that but you know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah all right number nine mark 
Oh, All right, so not to give your audience the wrong the wrong impression of me, and I swear <laughs> this is the last musical on this entire. Oh list. my god! <laughs> but um, I I can't I can't wait, do wait, wait, the boy wait, wrong. Guess. Is it in the heights? Ugh, no. Um, <laughs> but good, thank but you. Good guess. Right. Um, no, it's tick tick. Speaking of Lin Manuel Miranda, it's tick tick boom. I liked it. Oh, oh with Andrew yeah. Garfield. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Really Give him a round of applause for that, Chris. No, Look, uh, I might be the only person on Earth who thinks the Amazing Spider-Man Two is good. Um, and and I think like since then, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is I think since then Andrew Garfield doesn't get enough credit for how wonderful of an actor he is. We just talked about him. He was in the eyes of Tammy Faye as Jim Baker. He's in mm-hmm. Tick Tick Boom. He's, you know, he's obviously he was um, Spider-Man at one one time. Yeah. He's so good. He's such a phenomenal yeah, actor. He's amazing. But, he's amazing. But it, it's like everyone shits on him because no, because well, back in the day, back in the, you know, the, the yesteryear of 2014, nobody liked Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> and it's just like, so he I, just falls I, I off the planet. I did not like it. I, I just mm-hmm. thought it was over jam-packed. You know, oh, totally like they, they, they didn't they didn't do it right. And yeah. it, it's like Amazing Spider-Man 2 is like Superman Returns to me, where the mm-hmm. actors were great that showed up right. for the roles, but the writing just wasn't there. Like the script wasn't there, correct? Yeah, there's there's issues. But yeah, Andrew Garfield is phenomenal. Tick tick boom. Um, I talked about with one of my who's an actual like theater person, mm-hmm. and we were talking about just like it, it's it's almost flawless. Um, I had some problems with the ending, and that's why it's number um, it's not number nine, nine and not yeah. higher. But overall, the songs in it were great. Oh, yeah. His performance is phenomenal. Vanessa um, uh, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, Hudgens yeah. was a great I, I cried twice yeah. in this fucking movie. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's weird. It's like, yeah, several times I'm like, oh, what? every time I cry, my wife just looked over at <laughs> me to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm fully in. I'm like, yeah, I'm crying a bit. And for people that are home, if you're playing the drinking game, that means Chris mentions crying in a movie. You got to take a drink <laughs> yeah. right there. Right there. I got to <laughs> ask you, Neil, real quick. Did you Do you watch Dark Side of the Ring? Yes, I watch everything wrestling ever. Okay, so the Chris Benoit uh, two-part episode. Yes. Speaking of, like, your wife having to check on you because you're crying. So we watched those together, and I was inconsolable. Like, oh, I wasn't my that God, big yes. of an I But I was I inconsolable during that, ep- during that whole thing. And my wife was just like, I'll, I'll take care of you. It's fine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was such a sad uh, two-parter, too. Mm. All right. Uh, but moving on. Chris, you're number nine. Nobody. Nobody? Yeah, nobody. What's that? Yeah. Uh, you know what that is? That's a uh, Bob Odenkirk kicking ass. <laughs> Bob yeah. Odenkirk. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk plays John Wick. Yeah. That's what that but, is. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk John is John Wick in this movie. Um, it was, <laughs> it was something I was really looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. That's what I'm getting mm-hmm. at with this one. I was, uh, you know, uh, I I didn't know how it worked, but I'm a big fan of Bob Odenkirk, whether it be Mr. Show or fucking Better Call Saul, and I was super excited for this, and it did not let down. I was so happy. I, to me, it was like the movie that justified Bob Odenkirk. I love Bob Odenkirk. Cause like he's been a writer on Saturday night live. He was in second city. Uh, I never got to see him in second city. I went and seen second city a bunch of times when I lived in Chicago area, but I never got, I don't think I ever got to see him back then. Um, but I mean, gosh, that movie was just so ridiculous. Like, um, I think I've seen it three or four times since it came out yeah. just because it's, it's, it's one of those great movies that at any point in it, you can just turn it on and be like, yep, I'm good. I can watch it from here. It's good. 
I get it. It's nice to see Chris Foley actually do something that's worth watching again, too. <laughs> oh my god, a doddering old Christopher Lloyd, you know, just walking around with a gun was the best part of that movie. But yes, it, it was not my favorite. It didn't make my top ten, but I don't uh, disagree with you for putting it on yours. Yeah. It's a it's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, it's great. It's it's also like you know, I remember Christopher Lloyd being in those Baby Geniuses movies, which I didn't watch, and I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck. But seeing him in this, <laughs> it just made me feel good. I was like, yeah, let's see. I want uh, everything. I'm glad he gets one. I'm glad he gets one more good movie before he passes on. I know he's, you know, because he's, he's like 105. Yeah, let's he's, be honest. He's a 700 year old man. But um, Neil, what's your number nine? Free guy. Free guy. Okay. Free guy. The best video game movie of the year, to my knowledge. Man, if you want to call a free, um, if you want to call a video game movie, if you want to do that. Okay, the whole movie was a fine. video game. Fine. What? I mean, what part I, of a video game? I movie? see what he's saying. It's not an adaptation of a known idea. Oh, it's not an adaptation. My bad. But it is. Um, um, yeah. Even though it's not based on a video game, I get that. But the movie had so much heart and so much laughter. And let's just talk about creating the best that started the best cameo guy of 2021. Uh, Chris Evans, because uh, he's like, ass. When he, when, yeah, what, he, what, three different movies he did a cameo in yeah. this year? Mm-hmm. I think it was in 2021, but um, the cameos was great. Uh, also, uh, like, uh, I didn't even know, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Magic Mike. Um, oh, good Shane Tatum. Johnny Tatum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I didn't even know he was in it going into that movie, and just the story they told, because they told, like, two different like love stories at the mm-hmm. same time talking about how all this reality was bending and stuff like that. And the, um, Ta- Taiko Atiyu was great in it. Like, like, oh awesome. my gosh, Taiki is great in everything he does. I don't think there's a bad thing. Uh, like, there's bad movies he's done, but he's not bad in the part he's <laughs> You know, it's funny. Free Guy is actually the next one on my list. It's Number so eight is Free yeah. Guy. Free, free, free Guy is phenomenal. It's one of the best movies of the year. It was really a sleeper hit because it was, it was one where I knew I was going to take. My son's a big gamer. He's got a Switch. It's like the oh, yeah. thing he loves in life. Yeah, yeah. I got one too. And, I love, it's the one thing I love in life as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he couldn't wait to see that. So you know, I t- I take my kids to the movies if it's long as it's not sure. rated R. And. Um, and I and the only reason why the only reason why I went to go see it one was because my son wanted to and two because I knew we were going to review it because it was like the movie of the week. Sure. And I ended up loving it. Yeah. Like, because, like I, yeah. I, I the happy feelings it generated, how well it was done. Like I the guy that I review movies with, he tends to be one. He hates Ryan Reynolds. Two. He he tends to be like very cynical. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Yeah, I know who hates Ryan Reynolds. This guy who hates does. Ryan Riddles? This, <laughs> like, this, who thinks himself Ryan Riddles is a my wonderful person. friend Robert Winfrey of 401mania.com hates Ryan Reynolds. He's All right, Robert, the um, therapy is available to me. <laughs> yeah. to Robert, this, this is what happens when I heard you say that. I go. Sorry, yeah. first won't be the last. Um, but, he, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was telling him, I'm like, I know it's hard for you to believe that Ryan Reynolds could be in anything good, but this was phenomenal. Like, it was extremely well acted. The script was very tight. It looked the color paletting on this movie was wild. This was like a mm-hmm. fever dream on acid. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's, uh, fever dream on acid. I love that it's one. so yes. good. Like, and it was like shockingly good. And the what's her face on the last duel that's in it? Um, mm hmm. 
she she's great. Like I don't think I'd ever seen her in anything before that. Um, I, and I haven't seen the last duel after. Uh, she's wonderful. You know, it's just like it was the, it was oh, uh, the most surprising great movie of this year. Jodie Comer. Yes, that's the yeah. one. Okay, well, uh, I guess I'll go my number eight then. And I, I mm-hmm. don't know if you've seen this, Mark, uh, but Psycho Gorman is my number eight. Oh, my yeah. gosh, you put Psycho Gorman yeah. on your top ten? Oh, you. oh, my company. gosh, I love you for that. I, was like, Whitney I love Seib- you. And more and Whit- more, I'm- cheers. Sorry. Cheers. <laughs> Michael critically acclaimed like that was like his number one movie of the year too. It's all that man talks about of, oh. the, of the movies this year. I haven't seen it, but apparently you're in good company. Okay, yeah. So Gorman's a fucking it's it's a movie that made me laugh the hardest this year. It's a movie that made me mm-hmm. smile the biggest. And it's a movie that it you know, like every eighties movie I, I wish it was Psycho Gorman. <laughs> I really do. So um uh I know me and Neil talked about it. It's something that sort of slipped on the radar for everyone. And uh, I don't like your Neil is right 90% of the time. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> but Sego Gorman is, is, I, Mark, you gotta watch it soon. It's amazing. And, uh, I, yeah, it is, it is a B monster movie by any means. It is a B movie, uh, with, and it's gory, so do not show it in front of the kids. Um, but it is funny. Um, some of the B acting, I don't know if it was meant to be as cheesy as it's supposed to be, oh, dude, so but it, it so is, dude. And it's so cheesy. Uh, the little girl that's in it is just ridiculously cute. Like you're just, you're just like, man, I, I don't know, even know what to say about it more than that. It is just one of those movies that, uh, it just, it makes you laugh. Cause it's just the dumb things that he says yeah. during the movie. That it, it's just like, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the quotes that he says throughout it, but it was just like, you know, she's like, uh, well, um, here we go. I got a couple up. I don't care for honky boys or do I? <laughs> like, <laughs> the horrors that you've witnessed just cannot be unseen. Your young minds will carry this until it consumes <laughs> your miserable and death. We'll go to sleep now. I'll kill you all later. <laughs> like, like yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny like that. It's really cheesy. I can't believe that's your, uh, that's your number eight. Huh? Number eight, man. I, I, I'm surprised you. I'm glad to hear, glad to hear surprised you. No, no, no. My number eight's going to trump it, but it's okay. Cause it's understandable uh-huh. that this is going to trump it. Sure. The last duel. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The last duel. I, lo- I love the last duel. Uh, I didn't think. I'd yeah. Do you even know what the last duel is? You gave a look, Mark. Oh, I saw it. We reviewed it. Um, and not to piss off Ridley Scott on Twitter, but blah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. And let me give you my reason of why you liking it. And mm-hmm. you can uh, do what you need to on it. Um, I like that it told a story from three different perspectives, which that is something you don't really see in today's cinema. Um, I mean, besides a Quentin Tarantino movie where <laughs> then it's that bomb every two seconds and, you know, everything that goes on with a great Tarantino movie. But I love the perspective of three different people. And uh, to be honest, uh, Adam Driver grew up like 15 miles away from my house. Uh, so like, I always got to give it up for my Adam Driver. But uh, I really loved Adam Driver. I thought it was a complete seize ball on it. Matt Damon, I totally hate him in that movie. And I know Matt Damon's like one of the night, like I think everybody played the part so well. And the other thing was the actual duel itself. I thought was one of the most realistic duels I've ever seen in cinema history, 
were when they were doing the jousting or and all that. And I should know because I used to be a squire for jousters <laughs> at, at Renaissance Festival. <laughs> but that is why I like it. Now do yours. <laughs> okay. Look, it's not the worst movie I've seen this year, not by far. And you're absolutely right. It, you know, you, you if you went there because you wanted to see that duel, that duel is worth the money. That that is some of the best special effects I've seen in a movie that wasn't like you know space fantasy or science fiction or something. They, I mean, it's like remember Brave, remember the first time you saw Braveheart and how realistic that yeah. looked yeah. with that level. You're like, yeah. holy crap, did they really hit each other? Yeah. Well, that's the Patriot, one. or the Patriot too. Right? Yeah, yeah. another good one. Yeah. Like, I still have nightmares of the cannonball chopping people's legs <laughs> off. Um, I think my issue with it, what it was, it was a little too long. So by the time you get to the finale, I'm kind of exhausted. Okay. And that's been a, I, I, we talked about this um, Tuesday night when we discussed, uh, oh gosh, um, being the Ricardos and don't look up where don't there's this trend now. Long, yeah. Where, yeah. It's just, there's, there's just this trend where, you know, you used to keep a movie with about two hours in order to have the fast changeover in the theater. And now it's like with streaming, it was just everyone has like carte blanche to make, you know, five hour movies, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. I agree with your point on that. Like, why is every movie two and a half hours, three hours long now? Right. It's I mean, how long do people need to hold in their pee? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it wrecks the story. You know, there's a reason why you have an editor there. Um, you know, to make a nice tight story to keep people engaged, if you start to go over that, you lose people. And that was my issue, I think, with The Last Duel. It wasn't so much that I thought it was a bad story. I thought Adam Driver and um, Jodie Comer, is that all right? Yeah, Jodie Comer, right? Jody Comer, yeah. Jody, I, I thought Adam Driver and Jodie Comer's perspective up until the actual sexual assault were were too similar. Okay. Um, you know, I think yeah, Matt Damon... Matt, Matt Damon's part of the story was differentiated enough to keep me invested. Then you get to Adam Driver and Jodie Comer, and it's so it's so similar that I felt like I, I'd, outside of some very distinctive and very important differences, I felt like I had to watch the same thing twice. Mm. So by the time you finally get to the duel, like, oh, my God, just I just want the movie to be over now, which is not great film structure. No. Um, so basically what you're saying is maybe cut out, like, 20 minutes of it, and then mm-hmm. what if they would have exchanged – you know, like Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and then Jody Comer's character instead of instead of Matt Damon, Adam, Jody. You know, yeah, like I think that would have made it felt more separated. Yeah, Jody has to be last, but I think Adam Driver should have been first. Yeah, okay. and then I have Matt Damon in the middle. Okay. All right, so Mark, we're up to number seven. What is your number seven movie? The sleeper hit, the feel good hit of the year, Pig. Pig is okay. Pig. Yeah, pig. I love pig. I actually absolutely love pig, but we'll talk about them. I'll, I'll talk about them more later, but you guys should go. Pig is so good. Yeah. It's, I, I was n- sorry. I keep cutting you off. I feel so bad. Um, But like somebody pitched me pig. It's like, oh, it's like John Wick. It's, oh, not. it's, it's, so it's not. nothing like John Wick. <laughs> so this, like, go ahead. Pig's really about loss. To me, yeah, no, totally is. Yeah, and it's it's a, it's about grieving and loss. And uh, mm-hmm. my, by the way, if I, you ask my wife, Pig would be her number to her her number one worst movie of the year. But um, but <laughs> I it's not for everyone. I love Pig. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. love Nick Cage after 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 seeing uh, Mandy a couple years ago, which was my favorite movie of the year uh, when he came out. Uh, it was it's good to see uh, Nick Cage really in. He's still crazy in this movie, but. Pig is really about loss. It's not about a pig. And when you tell me right. it's like it's like John Wick with a pig, you're like, not at all. 
It's no, and that's the thing. Like whoever I forget who told me that. I was like, like, are you crazy? That's all not what this movie is. Yeah. But that's no. because I went into it thinking Nick Cage was just going to tear up the city yeah. looking for the yeah. pig. And outside of the one like underground fight scene, it's nothing like that at all. So the well, the, even then, even then, you're waiting for him to do something crazy. Yeah. Right, and he, and he just takes a beating. Yeah, yeah. The scene in the restaurant where he where he very subtly tears down his former oh like sous chef God, so and just and undermines him, and that guy trying to like hold it together just comes completely unraveled and like laughs it off. Right. Is the, like the best one of the best scenes of any movie I've seen this year. It's so well acted. You know, Nicolas Cage. Um, unfortunately, gets a lot of uh, flack for his. You know, like I'm Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You know. Everyone, what does everyone think of? They think of face off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to see the unbearable weight of massive talent because I can't deal with like Nicolas Cage as this like cultural thing. You don't know about this meta Nick Cage thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't deal. Um, but like, well, see, my, the thing. But I'm gonna uh, just interrupt it for a second. But because I, I said that same thing with certain mm-hmm. things like um, uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle about Neil Patrick mm-hmm. Harris. Um, don't trust the bitch in apartment 23 with uh, James Vanderbeek. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when they're playing satires of themselves mm-hmm. and those after watching them, finally, I was like, Oh no shit. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. So I'm kind of thinking it's just going to be kind of like a funny satire and mm-hmm. that we're going to get more of a character, yeah. character. And he acts, that's he acts so well with his eyes was mm-hmm. where I was going. Yeah. Like when you when you direct Nicolas Cage and just let him be a good actor instead of being sort of like a you know a funny cultural thing, he's still phenomenal. He's yeah. a wonderful actor yeah. and he acts so well with his eyes in that movie because he's got such minimal dialogue. It's great. And then the end where like you're thinking this is going to build to some like crazy denouement, you know, this like great wacky conclusion, and basically he makes a meal. Mm-hmm. That reminds the villain of what of, of of the best meal he had before his marriage like fell apart or yeah. like, I can't remember what the it, it, it's it, it's one of the best movies by far. It's, it's so it's good. Easily. It's understandable why it's on your top ten. Real uh, quick, Chris, um, I I did a triple feature of that Wolf and Lamb just because <laughs> it made me laugh. Hey, Wolf. <laughs> that's good. That's good show. So, uh, all right, Chris, what is your number seven? So I'm sure listeners will roll their eyes out there and they'll just fucking just like uh, tear into me. But uh, my number seven is the French Dispatch. Um, the okay. French Dispatch of Liberty, Kansas. Say the whole title. Why have you never been able to say the whole title every time we reviewed this freaking movie? Well, stop you literally the table. <laughs> live 20 miles from Liberty, Kansas. I do, I do. And you can't remember the Liberty, Kansas part. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so um, I'm a, I've always been a big uh, Wes Anderson fan. People will fucking hate him now because he's not cool anymore. Or either he's too cool. I think the French Dispatch is... Probably the best thing he's done since probably to me though the life aquatic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I love the anthology uh, story of it. I love and of course uh, I do love his colors, his palette, his his um dryness. I I'm a big fan of Wes Anderson, and to me this is the most digestible movie he's done in years. Um, yeah, and and to agree with Chris a little bit on this, uh, it's not. Um, I don't think anywhere on my list, but to be honest, it was a really good movie. And I'm one of those people that love uh, like the old, like creep show tales of the crypt, you know, stuff like that where shows are, they got like several stories and the French dispatch, I think it was like the artistic version of that where they told, you know, here's the sports story. Here's the dinners, the the food uh, story. Here's the traveling story. And then it all, 
comes together to the ending of why they told those stories. A lot of people hate Jeffrey Wright. I was a big fan of Jeffrey Wright in this movie. I thought he was the best part of it. Um, and so uh, people want to roll their eyes and say, you know, uh, hipster Chris over here loves the French Dispatch. And uh, fucking, I guess I do. French Dispatch, Dispatch number seven on my top 10 movies of 2021. Yeah. My number seven, you're never going to believe this, is nobody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again, like we said earlier, Bob Unkirk at his best. All right. Um, Mark, give us your number six. Gunpowder Milkshake. Okay, yeah. Gunpowder Milkshake. Wow, Chris was not a fan of this movie. I did not like oh, it. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a huge I, fan of this movie. Tell us why you like Gunpowder Milkshake. I love a good stylized action movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love a good stylized action movie with some great acting, you know, great performances, some fun costumes, you know, things that we sometimes take for granted in film. The Gunpowder Milkshake from this like little indie studio, I think it was like XYZ, I think it was mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was like European made and then distributed by Netflix. It's just, it's such a quirky movie. Um, Jillian, oh gosh, what's her name? Karen um, Jillian? Yeah, Karen Jillian. And, and uh, Nebula. She's so she's so great that she gives like a really earnest performance. She's such an athletic gal. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, it frustrates them the way the, the trends in film right now where women are given so much and they're given all these great action roles and sometimes at the expense of the guys. Fucking Matrix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but when it when it's organic and it's natural and it's earned, it's phenomenal, and I have you know no issue with it. And that's where Gunpowder Milkshake fits firmly in. This is a wonderfully told story about a kick-ass, you know, uh, female action star, and everything just works. Like from the lighting to the costuming to the performances, it's so fun. Her, so it's been a while since I've seen it. It was over the summer, but I but I distinctly remember the scene where she's like numb. And she's, you know, having to fight off these guys. And she's, like, swinging her arms around. It was so, like, wonderfully choreographed in such a quirky way that uh, I had to put it on my list. For some reason, yeah. for some reason, when it came to Gunpowder Milkshake, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I can't, I can't explain it. Just to me, I and it's, I have no problem with the women action stars. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. I, but the movie itself just, I, the, it didn't work for me. Like, the quirkiness did, didn't translate is genuine and uh when mm-hmm. i saw the director i'm like okay so the director's not i even- think i figured out why and the reason why is just because of mark's description i figured out why chris how many comic books you own i don't know uh i have v for vendetta somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and oh and the watchman and the watchman mark, mark how many comic books you own a lot okay I think the reason why is because the, the style of Gunpowder Milkshake kind of makes you feel like a comic book, kind of like, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, not stop animation or anything like that, but makes you feel like, you know, you're in a world of color, of things that really pop at you, like how a color, comic book is. So me and you, probably the reason why we agree that this was a really good movie mm-hmm. and Chris doesn't is because we have a different appreciation for different styles. I can uh, appreciate. I know a lot of people like, you know, like like the Batman that's coming up with Robert Pattinson. Like there's a segment of the population that like cannot wait for this thing. This is like their Avengers Endgame, you know, because they want to see a gritty, growling, kick-ass Batman punch his way across Gotham. And it's not like, look, I like Batman movies too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that much of a snob. But um, <laughs> I, 
I think people get caught up into everything has I have everything has to be like black and street level and gritty and dirty and punchy. Yeah. And God, can't can we not have a little color in this world? Is <laughs> <laughs> all I'm trying to say, but color doesn't necessarily appeal to people. They want everything to be gritty and not not saying that this is you, but I think this is there is a tendency towards this where something like gunpowder milkshake, for the reasons that you just stated, mm. doesn't work for everybody because it's it goes right past the stop sign of where they like their action to be into this weirdo territory where, and I I say this about a lot of different things, whether it's music, movies, television, books, I like the weird. I like something that's really out of the ordinary. And sometimes I might artificially inflate how good something is because it's so out of the box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I just said it's a weird shit on my list. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, Chris. My number six is not weird. It's last night in Soho. Um, Last night in a hoe in Soho. Uh, the, Soho. We're talking, oh. about, we're talking about. Nah, uh, we're talking about. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. yeah, like <laughs> like Mark's saying, the music is great. The uh, to me, I love the color palette in the Last Night in Soho, and um, mm-hmm. it was just an interesting movie altogether. You don't you don't see a whole lot of movies that. And, and I mean, I think most of my movies on here pass the Bechdel test. So um, it, to this, if one, it, if it, if it wasn't for the stupid ending, I'd be right. It would have made my list too because it looks gorgeous. It's I love the music movie. in it. Anna mm-hmm. Joy Taylor, and so Taylor Joy, Thomas and McKenzie, the other way around. And and Taylor Joy. And she's yeah. so she looks great. She's so great in this. She's just vivacious. It's a it's a phenomenal movie except for the last twenty minutes when it goes off a cliff. So I I have a problem with the ending too, but not near as bad as I think a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I I saw an advanced screening just a day before it came out though. So he was like, "Hey, you want to see early?" I'm like. I, I grabbed my iPhone. Let's go. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we we both really enjoyed this movie, and it's it, you know it's smart get kind of like a horror film, which it's not, it, but it does get it's got spooky parts to it. But last night, so uh, it was uh, yeah, you know, a it's, lady it's, that's kind of living the two lives of one in sixties and herself. Yeah, it's kind of a little spooky, man. Uh, but, it goes but, that way. But but uh, I don't uh, I I last on this movie, I was really into it, and um, I uh, I'm just happy that I that. I, I, I like Baby Driver, but not I like this one quite a bit more than Baby Driver when it comes to um Edgar Wright stuff. So, yeah, uh, that number six for me is last night. So, uh, you know. All right, my number six movie, and this is going to be the last movie for a minute uh, of the good ones, the top ten list, and we're going to go turn over to what we thought was the worst movies of 2021. We're just each going to give our five right off the bat. <laughs> we're not going to stop for any. <laughs> All right, so my number six movie of the year of 2021 was the one, the only. You can't call him by his first name. You got to call him by his last name first. It is Bond. James Bond. No Time to Die. No Time to Die. 007. The reason being is because I love Daniel Craig. He's the second best James Bond that ever existed, in my opinion. Who's your first best? And it was... There's only one first best, you and it's everybody's first you best. Damn straight. Okay. If it's not Sean Connery, then you're not watching James Bond, right? Anyway. Like Roger Moore. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you can do Roger Moore. He's not the best. It's always okay. going to be Sean Connery. Hey, hey um, knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mark, the co-host. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> anyway, uh, Daniel Craig's final timeout is 007. Um, now, um, 
it, it went big. It gave you an ending, which is the first thing that the first time ever a James Bond movie has given you an ending to a James Bond. It wasn't like he's running off in the sunset, you know, and maybe we'll see him again in the next movie. Yeah, the no, this you know, it's yeah. done. It's over. It's fucking gone, man. There's no more. There's no way he's coming back. Uh, and I love that because you never get that from any James Bond movie. It's just always like he's riding off in the sunset. And then you get like a new James Bond that does one movie. And then you get another James Bond that does two movies. And anyway, but um, to me, everybody that was a part of it, uh, I thought did a really good job. And I really love the fact that they're hinting at, um, you know, a female James Bond in the future or mm-hmm. trying to change it up a little bit. Uh, and Rami Malek, I am just such a huge Rami Malek fan. Like everything from Mr. Robot to Bohemian Rhapsody to uh, Bohemian Rhapsody I had to Mr. Robot with, I had my big and to Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Big friends didn't do me. anything else. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because you hate Queen. Yeah, no, I, no I don't hate Queen. Anyway. Just, okay. Um, but... Yeah, I'm gonna, I got I to gotta pee really bad. I would usually hold it. But Did you just tell all the listeners you have to pee? Well, I'm going to cut it out of the podcast. No, right you're now. not. I don't so, want you to cut it out. Uh, 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 all right, hurry up. Be, be, be a man. Hurry up. Wasn't even done. Wasn't even done. Had one more sentence, and he's just like cutting in. Got to go pee. So this is the time where we make fun of Chris for about five minutes. So when he does do the. <laughs> Can I tell you I did not love No Time to Die? Really? Yeah, that's why I made a face. Um, look, Rami Malek, this is not a comment about him. He's phenomenal. He's a wonderful mm-hmm. actor. I, I thought he was great in Bohemian Rhapsody for whatever the issues are with that movie. Um, my problem is they didn't give him a character that did anything. Yeah. Um, you know, he, there. He's no, uh, what's his nuts, Blofeld. I can't remember. Christoph Waltz. Okay, Christoph Waltz, yeah. Uh, you know, like Christoph Waltz was, you know, was like a real character who did stuff and was menacing. And, you, you know, you felt sympathy for James Bond and you wanted him to beat the bad guy. Like Christoph Walter is, is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Rami Malek seemed like, well, well, we need a bad guy for this movie. This was another, and this was another one where, so I, I brought this up when we reviewed it. <clears throat> you, the, you're going to get so many people like, if you plug this fucking podcast one more time um, in this show. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> self-critical. Uh, but when we reviewed No Time to Die, I had a very similar issue from what I was talking about before where like um, Return of the King earns its length. You needed mm-hmm. all of that time to yeah. really like, and I'll even defend the multiple endings. Uh, Endgame absolutely earns its its length. No, um, no way home earns its length. These are not movies that I thought were too long. They earned the runtime that they had to tell the story they needed to tell. I don't think No Time to Die does. I don't think there's enough story there to have filled up that much time. I feel like it drags in a lot of places. The villain I don't think is particularly strong. The conclusion. It just, my big issue with the conclusion was sort of my issue with this James Bond. Daniel Craig is fine. He is awesome in Knives Out. Um, he, right. he, oh, he, gosh, and I can't wait to see Knives Out, too. I'm such so excited yeah. about that. He, he's, a, he's a great actor. There's no, this isn't a Daniel Craig issue. This isn't even a Daniel Craig Bond issue because he was great in Casino Royale, which I, which yeah, I love. Yeah, Quantum Solace. Not Quantum yeah. Solace. Let's just let's skip that one. Skyfall Inspector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my issue was... Um, I like, see, for me, James Bond is a spy. 
and spies are suave and subtle and they are trying to move behind enemy lines, you know, maybe be a saboteur of some kind. They are not Rambo. They are not Commando. <laughs> maybe that's they, why I like them so much. Maybe they not, reminds me of Rambo. They are not running through the base like G.I. Joe with a machine gun. <laughs> And that is the entire conclusion of No Time to Die. And I think for a lot of people, they probably liked it because they don't care. They saw an action hero doing action stuff, and they're like, well, fuck you, Rattledge. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted to see Daniel, old-ass Daniel Craig running around with a machine gun shooting people. And I'm like, it's not a spy. It's not James Bond. Where, oh, where is my James Bond? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, definitely, I definitely see your point of it. But No Time to Die just got into my top 15, so I couldn't include mm -hmm. Sorry, guys. But, uh, but, all work, right, now work. it is time. Oh, yeah, let me find it. I got something. That, that's what you got for the worst? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Give me some better sound effects. Oh, I mean, like, um, anyway. uh, there you go. Okay, there you go. Is that better? Okay. All right. Mark, since you're a guest, give us your top five. Starting from five going movies. to top five. No, no, I, I want us just to do five and straight. I mean, we're almost at an hour, guys. Fine. You want to you go for three hours? I'm fine with show? it, dude. I don't care. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you five to one. Here we okay. go. Just straight through. No okay. explanation. Coming in at number five, Snake oh, Eyes. Huh? Give us some explanation. Don't okay. just, just okay. Don't, don't shout them out. Okay, on, so Snake Eyes, a movie only an eight-year-old could love, and he did. But uh, for the rest of us adult mortals, oi. <laughs> oi! And, and if you remember the original Star uh, Star Wars, I'm sorry, the original uh, G.I. Joe storyline of Snake Eyes, it completely is opposite of what his actual yeah. origin story was. This was like G.I. Joe in name only. This, this was <laughs> terrible. Like, yes, this was yes, shot. Yes. This was you know, boring is a word that gets overused because when they, people say boring, they tend to say I was bored. No, there is this is there is objectively boring. <laughs> like things are not happening. Yeah. They are not moving the yes. goalposts at all. Yes, that's Snake Eyes. It was fucking terrible. Uh, Infinite. Yeah. Oi. I think we need to change the Infinite. It was on Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, yeah. This was this was so bad. This was one of the first movies Paramount Plus pulled out of the theaters and shoved onto their stupid streaming service. This was hard to follow. It was boring. It was poorly shot. I was kept passing out on it. It did not keep my interest at all. Really? And it's all right. Infinite. Who is in it? Mark Wahlberg's uh, in it, right? Yeah, Wahlberg, and I can't remember who else. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm looking at it. Oh, yeah. Totally missed that movie. Oh, you're, you're better off for it. Um, that's two hours of my life I want back. Okay, speaking of which, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was <laughs> not good. It was not good. I was uh, one of the things I hate about Mortal Kombat is I'm like, oh, uh, we only get to the tournament, but it never fucking happened. Like, like. Right? Like, that's what you want. That's what I'm watching the fucking movie. Mortal Kombat without the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you worse than the 95 version, which is awesome in retrospect? It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's just like it's 95 special effects, you know, with with a low budget. So it doesn't look great. But like when I compared the two of them, this Mortal Kombat has a terrible lead. <laughs> um, the story is god awful. The, the best part of this movie is the opening, like, you know, 
slaying of the entire village. Mm -hmm. After yeah. that, the whole movie goes downhill. And it, the, the the best part about reviewing Mortal Kombat for me was the guy that the aforementioned Robert Winfrey is like a combat sports enthusiast. He covers all of uh, the UFC fights on 401mania.com. Like, and he's belted and all of this other stuff. Um, like he, he can tell you a lot about fight choreography and he was like, this hurt his eyes, the fight <laughs> choreography. Like if there's one thing you should get right in a mortal Kombat movie is fight it's choreography. Fight. And mm -hmm. this was porn level bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> All right. What's next on your list? Paranormal activity next of kin. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to see this. Thankfully. Apparently. I did. I did. It was not that good at all. No, it was not this, good at all. Yeah, this this was they just wanted to churn out another one of these. I'm glad it was on Paramount Plus and not something I had to pay for. Well, <laughs> oh it was uh, not it, good at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first the first part should have uh, told you when it said paranormal activity at the beginning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my number one is yeah, go sorry. I was gonna say my the, number the, one. The, the paranormal activities have not been good since the first one. The first one was okay. The rest of them just fucking kind of suck. I think there's like one other good one in all of them. Yeah. One and two. One or two. One, yeah. one, the first two are, are great paranormal activity movies. The rest of them off a cliff. Yeah. All right. So this the, this one is number one for a very specific reason for me. One, it's not a great movie, um, which is it sucks because it's actually got a pretty good cast in it. But um, I uh, for my uh, my career, my profession is I'm a licensed clinical social worker mm -hmm. and I've worked for a long time in substance abuse. Yeah. And I was really looking forward to this movie because I thought it would handle the subject deftly. Uh, it doesn't. It, it like not only misses the target, but it shoots the guy next to you. It's really bad. And that's Cherry, which was on Apple Plus. Yeah, with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched it. Yeah. I really thought I was either going to get like a gritty crime drama or something that, you know, like a clean and sober or something like that. You know, something that really got in the weeds with mental health and, you know, was sort of a cautionary tale. It's none of those things on top of which yeah. it's it's like Tom Holland tries, but he has not given any good material to work with. Yeah. And it drags yeah. like a dead body behind a truck. <laughs> does this thing drag? It is awful. Oh. You know, it's funny. I just, okay. So every time you guys have been saying a movie, I've been putting it in. So I make sure I have all the information while I'm talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. I put in cherry and the first people ask question is why is cherry a bad movie? <laughs> 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 that should tell you enough right there. When Google gives you as that as the first. Thing that comes so back. my top five worst movies of the year, uh, mm -hmm. stowaway, a Netflix movie that came out earlier this year, stowaway with Anna Kendrick and, uh, Tony Collette, Daniel Day Kim, and Chimanson. I hated Stowaway. I did. Oh, you and me need to talk later. <laughs> <laughs> he he, got, he has a lot of issues. He got touched a lot as a child. So I, 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 had, um, I had issues with the storyline. I had issues with with the continuity. I had issues with most of this movie. And I, you know, it's it, it's stewed in me for this year. And when I, when I saw him, like, yeah, I fucking didn't like Stowaway. So that's my number five. Uh, did you see you like Stowaway? I loved it. I, well, first of all, big Anna Kendrick fan. We're um, going to review Dummy because I because of the idea of Anna Kendrick palling around with a sex doll is phenomenal. <laughs> have you ever seen it yet? Dummy? Yeah. I have not. I'm going to watch it. It's, it's My wife and I have, I have our Thursday couch date night. That's on the list. <laughs> oh, it, it's ridiculously awesome, man. It's it's cool. a really, really, really good. And I love Anna Kendrick. I, I thought Story was great. Mm. Okay. All right, Chris, what's number two? Number or number four. four, I'm sorry. Uh, and I don't, I don't, people are going to hate me or love you if this. Matrix Resurrection is the number four worst movie I've seen this year. 
fuck of that mm-hmm. movie. I, I yep. we talked about it last week, and I hate more than I did now than I did then. Um, oh, and you're I'm sorry, I, I gotta tell you this. It. I just watched the first one again with my son because yeah. he'd never seen it before, mm-hmm. and he wants to see the new one. Yeah. So we're gonna go all the way yeah. through them. I now hate. I didn't when we were reviewed it. I did. I wasn't as hard on it. Mm-hmm. And then rewatching the first one again, I'm like, oh my god, this makes the new one suck so yeah, bad. The, the so sto- bad. The, the storyline makes no fucking sense. Like, like, why did they come back at all? Like, like, right. like, it's, it's, and I understand, uh, you know, that Lana wants to, you know, she wants to, you know, make a meta sequel to to make sure that it's a sequel to anti sequel. I fucking get that, but there needs to be a good movie in there at some point, and there wasn't. Yeah. That I, the, I didn't really care about, you know. Can I reason the shit kicked out of him almost in every scene? I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like most of this movie. I was pissed off by the end of it. I'm like, why the fuck does this exist? And it's it, the CGI in it. It should be good, but it's not. It feels like it had a shitty budget, it, like compared to the other yeah. ones. Like, like there's nothing groundbreaking on that. I needed it, but fucking like, give me something. And I, I don't understand why they came back. I don't understand why I should give a fuck about Neo and Trinity at all. This movie, uh, I, it bothers me that it exists, and I, I'm just yeah, all right. Don't all take right. the two hundred million dollar check from the studio to yeah. work through your therapeutic. Exactly, one hundred percent. Thank you. Mark. <laughs> all right, Chris. What's your next one? Bliss. A uh, little movie that with um with a uh, fucking Owen Wilson and Samuel Hayek. Do you remember that one, dude? Oh yeah, when they're on, they're druggies. Yeah, they went to. And you didn't know if they're druggies. This or was just a just bad weird movie or... altogether. The the muted colors one didn't work for me, and I was I was halfway confused with the storyline, and it was also so simple and stupid. I hated Bliss, man. The, the, yeah, Wilson... This is one of the this is one of the the pandemic was still going on, and we watched it because it was available movies. Yeah, and, uh, well, and uh... Wilson, he, <laughs> he he I, he's fine. I don't hate on Wilson, but I hate his character in this movie. He plays the same fucking Yeah, because he was just a bad human being and he didn't deserve any kind of retribution. Yeah, is, I did something like Bliss. Number two for me, Dad's Family 2. I hated this movie. Neil made me watch it. Uh, I did not like Dad's Family 2. It's just, it's for children, for kids, for little kids. And I, I, I and I and saw this alone kids, in the so theater. That's why he doesn't I like saw this alone movie. in the theater. He hates kids, and that's <laughs> no, why he listen. has a. I, that's why he has a pig pen in the back of his no, yard. I, I do not. So he can feed the kids <laughs> in the neighborhood no, to his listen, pigs. So I saw, I saw in the, uh-huh. in the theater by myself at nine thirty, and there was a, a family behind me of three, and there was couldn't couldn't uh, hold in their excitement. The new Clifford movie was coming out, and I heard that's pretty good. But I, I, I was pissed that you made me watch it, dude. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck you for that. <laughs> And here's another one that's a little bit of a fuck you, because you really wanted to see Resident Evil Welcome to Reckon City, and we did, and it was fucking oh. awful. It was a yeah, bad was. movie. It's a bad movie. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you wanted to see Mortal fucking Kombat, you dickweed. I, I, I know, so but... So therefore, I made you watch the, 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 the video game movie of the video game I like. <laughs> I was going to say, the best thing to do is review that movie with somebody who's a big fan of the game and watch them go into apoplexy, because oh, that's what happened to me. Uh, because mm-hmm. cause, cause I, I remember the game. I, I, I loved Resident mm-hmm. Evil 2, and I was like, when I saw the room, I'm like, are they going to do it right? Are they going to make it look like, are they going to do it right? And you thought they were, and you were fucking wrong because this movie is fucking awful. The acting is bad. The, the, you're like, the, the, the action's choppy. It's it's like watching fucking Michael Bay movie when it comes to trying to well, see the no, action. 
Were there no lights on the set? Right, right. Was this all- <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. the dark. It was a it was a shitty fucking movie, and it's it, you know uh, I give it. I don't think I give it an STD tag uh, then, but this is a some that do tag for sure. Yeah, it's just one of those movies that do. does suck. And uh, yeah, all right, all right. That was your number one. Yes, yeah, my number one. Go, go give us your right. top five. All right, first. here's my top five. Number five, Saint Maud. Fuck you! You're lying, yeah, right? Are you, are you fucking lying? So you're bad. lying to me, right? Like that's that's a, that's a so, joke, right? You're so you're joking, no, right? I'm reading you my top five worst movies that I hate. You're fucking with me, right? Like you have to. No, be. no, that movie took you too long to figure out anything that's going on. The characters didn't matter. Nothing really mattered. You are that's a the liar. You oh, are the I'll fucking. Give you an explanation. God damn you! <laughs> Fuck! I, oh, okay. I well, feel like you're. Fi- you I feel like you're making me upset the on purpose. The pacing now. is bad. The pacing in the movie is bad. It's fast, then it's slow, then it's slow, then it's medium, slow, fast, <sighs> slow, and then there's no explanation on anything of why anything happens. I disagree with you the whole all the way. So number so, four. Okay. The car counter. Also disagree with you. Counter. Also disagree with you. One percent on this one. I even William Defoe could not William, freaking help this movie. William Defoe was. That's what I said. You said William. Defoe cannot <laughs> save this. All right. It was one of the longest, boringest movie of the year. Every time I was, I started playing like Candy Crush in the movie theater. And I write notes the whole time. I can't, I got, I can't disagree with you more. And last one. Oscar Isaac did on not this. make me believe in the character. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish felt way out of place in that movie. Um, and it was one of the movies that had a twist kind of. But it didn't really matter because by that time I'm already tuned out of it that I didn't care that I had a twist. Uh, number three, Spencer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Wait, please let me tell you this. My wife is a big fan of like, like she's like part, not, she's not British, but like her ancestry is English. There's right. some connection to Anne Boleyn. They, she watched The Last Royal Wedding. Yeah. So like she's all in on the royals. She loves Princess Diane and everything about it. By the end of Spencer, she was just like, I'm considering getting a lawyer. I, I this is terrible. She hated Spencer so much. It is Thank such a, you. Oh my uh, God. Like, I got what they were trying to do, but it is a wacky movie. My explanation one, why was this even fucking made? Who was this made for? Because <laughs> nobody wanted to see an emo Princess Diane. For two hours. Having a meltdown. The only thing good about this was Kristen Stewart's acting. Rather than that, you didn't know if she was acting or just playing herself from Twilight. Um, <laughs> it was like watching Seinfeld because nothing happens. So here's the entire like movie. 20, you here's did like a, 20 minutes of her running and just cha- and changing clothes at the same time. So yeah. here's the thing uh, when it, it was, was uh, here's the thing I really appreciate about Spencer though, and it's Johnny Greenwood's soundtrack. I mean, to me that Yeah, the soundtrack, I'll give it that. But Again, it just ends. The movie just ends. And that one part, they try to make it like it's a psychedelic movie, and it's not. And I, it just made no sense. It was messy. So you're, you're saying right. when she said, let me masturbate, you want to do the same thing and leave, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Number four. Resident Evil, Welcome okay. to Raccoon Thank City. Man, was that movie so awful. I wanted it to work. Oh. Visually, it had the video game things. But you know what? Just like Mortal Kombat, it was a video game movie that completely missed the mark. If I wasn't it doing was it for the show, I would have walked out. 
I would have. If yeah, I, would, if I, I, I totally show, understand. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And number five is a movie that you made me watch, and I totally forgot about it until I, because I went back and watched the trailer for all 104 movies that we reviewed <laughs> last year. And as soon as I saw this trailer, I just want to say this to you, Chris, right there for making you make me watch this fucking piece of shit, worst movie of the entire 2021, Jacob's Wife. Okay. Oh, my gosh. It was, I understand it was pandemic, and we we had to, like, try to find some new movie that uh, was out there. So this is the first movie, this one of the first movies I saw in Panic Fest. Uh, Panic Fest is a, uh, yeah, it was a movie he saw at Panic Fest. He's like, you're really going to like it. I go see it. I see it. Find a way to see it. Or, or I think it was on Amazon or whatever. It was somewhere. I don't care. Who cares? Don't see it. Don't look it out. The acting is like worse than the acting in like a pharmaceutical commercial. The <laughs> cinematography was just so god awful. It looks like someone filmed it with like, um, like a video camera from the 1980s with VHS. And... It, this movie was so bad. It wasn't a B movie. It wasn't a C movie. It wasn't a D movie. It was like a Z movie. It was. I don't. Just I don't bad. remember you hating this when we saw it. Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. I told you I disliked it. I gave it like a three or something. I went that, back and that, listened. That, that, that's a. That's a good. I mean, okay. I was being nice. Okay. Because we had nothing to watch at the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Pan- now that I've watched good movies, uh, Mark, uh, Pan Fest is a um, a horror film fest that happens in Kansas every. Or I'm sorry. Kansas City, Missouri, every year, and um, I go every year. I fucking love it. It's like one. It's to me. It's like it's just one of my favorite times of the year. To me, it's like almost like a fucking holiday. So because it's a week of fucking uh, horror films, and um, Jacob's Ladder was one I saw this year, and sadly, is one of the better ones. Not the best one, but one of the better ones I saw. Jacob's yeah. Wife, Jacob's Ladder is a whole different movie. Yeah, it man. is. It is. You're right. <laughs> okay, that's a whole different movie, bro. I used to own it on VHS. I that's you. how I know that movie. So uh, that's that's <laughs> our worst movies of the uh, that we've seen of 2021. Uh, but um, uh, Mark, get us started with number five. Your number five best movie of 2021. I think this is, this next one's going to tell you everything you need to know about me. My number five movie was Zola. Zola. Okay, so I actually watched Zola for the first time a couple days ago because I mm-hmm. saw it on your list, and I like Zola. I really do. Solo's fantastic. And you're from Florida, oh. so. <laughs> all right, all right. Got to know backdrop before I jump into this, because I'm going to jump into this, and you're going to hate everything about me after this. <laughs> do you want to guess what I used to do for a living? <laughs> Please tell me, Stripper GJ. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up the stage next, the lovely Destiny, everybody. Make sure to get those dollar bills out. Remember, tipping's not a city in China. It's something you do to these girls every night. Yes. So I watched Zola uh, when it came out months ago or whatever it was. And um, to me, I was like, oh, it's a normal weekend. (laughs) It it didn't shock me or do anything like that. Now, to anybody that's in the normal world or normal, I can understand how that movie was like groundbreaking or something like that. But to me, that was like that was Tuesday. You know, I get that. Um, So something about me, not 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 to play you know, can you top this? I swear to God, I'm not. Um, before I became a social worker, I used to work for Rob Black Extreme Associates. Oh, okay. And oh my gosh, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? I was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I worked Do you in public city. I've met the man. I've been to his house when he was married to Lizzie. Lizzie. Uh, oh Lizzie my Gordon. gosh! All right, Chris, uh, give me a second. I'll send you some info. But anyway, continue, Mark. <laughs> Anyway, um, so like I, I get that you're like eh, strippers, whatever. Um, but I love that kind of stuff. Like you know, I've read all kinds of like books and movies, and I, I, 
I like that bit of our weirdo like vice culture. And so a, a road trip movie with, you know, a road trip crime movie with two strippers. I, how could I not be into this movie? And it was great. It cracked me up. It, you know, it entertained me. I thought it, I, I thought it was very quick and very witty and I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's just one of those, again, one of those weirdo picks that who saw this thing, five of us. And I, I was, I can't believe you used to work for Rob Lackman. Anyway, yeah. sorry. And, and you, uh, and you, uh, and you, uh, you had the Twitter, the Twitter thread for you first, right? No, I had no idea. Like that was the thing. Like I, I keep a tra- I keep track because of my own podcast. I keep track of the Wikipedia page for all the films that come out. Mm-hmm. And I kept seeing this Zola come up, and I'm like, "What the hell is like Arnim Zola? What is this? A Captain America movie?" <laughs> and, I'm, and I and I click on it one day, and all I see is like they made a movie out of a Twitter thread about these strippers, and I'm like, "You had me at strippers." <laughs> and so, <laughs> says right, the married uh, guy with two kids. Um, right, so just, like, I, to, I, just I, to explain to our our listeners and also. Chris real quick I'll tell, give mm-hmm. him a little bit about who Rob Black is Rob Black used to own a wrestling federation and look I'm looking at it dead in the eye Chris so you know I'm not reading this off anywhere mm-hmm. 100% this is my knowledge of my brain he used to run a wrestling federation called XPW which was like extreme professional wrestling mm-hmm. and at the same time he also did a uh, porn he did porn movies but he didn't do like normal porn he did like extreme crazy fucking porn where they're like I mean, I don't know if they like cut each other open and like fuck the wound, but I mean, like it was getting close to that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty bad. It was uh, like extreme Larry Flint hustler back in the, the the early '90s. It was, it was, it was bad, and it was kind of like mafia run. It seemed like almost, and I'm not saying it was part of the mafia, yeah. but I'm just saying it was kind of like the family, yeah. like they had a family and stuff like that. And uh, for to say that he worked for Rob Black, that's we're having a bigger conversation about this on a later date. Hold me to it. Uh, but so you, can, you can imagine what our review of Dark Side of the Ring season three was like. Oh my gosh. You'll have to get me in on those, man. You'll have to get me in on those. I totally would love to hit that one up. Because uh, I, I actually used to work for e, uh, Ian Rotten. Oh, really? Of the, the Rotten Brothers from ECW. He used to yeah. IWA wrestling. Anyway, that's a wrestling podcast we'll be talking about on uh, Tuesday. We'll be reviewing Wednesday. Battle of the Belts. And what was the name of that podcast? Wednesday. on. Uh, so you'll be joining me Wednesday, January 12th, uh, sometime in the morning to review AEW's Battle of the Belts on TV Party tonight. Yes, that's awesome. That's good stuff. All right, um, Chris, what's your number five? The last duel. Makes sense. Yeah, no. You went a little bit lower on it? Well, I mean, I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah, see? That's Mark hates it. it, but, you know, we loved it, yeah. and that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. So when you, Number you, five, when you say tea parties now, are you, are you referencing Black Flag there? Sure am. Okay, I'm a, I'm a big uh, hardcore punk fan for the, you know, like, Mario Threat, that sort of yeah. thing. So I was, uh, yeah, damage. Let's do this. All right, you're number five, Neil. Are you ready for this? I don't know how you guys are going to take like this to move, one. Move, move, move. I don't know, and I don't care about the judgment because I love the main actor. I think he's amazing. He makes me feel right here every time. Uh-huh. One of my first cassette tapes I ever owned was his music. King Richard. King Richard, I thought, was one of the best dramatic pieces of work that Will Smith has ever done in his entire Avatar of, of movies. I thought I thought and his acting was good. I cried I twice okay. during that freaking. I thought movie. his acting was good in the movie, but the movie itself didn't make my top fifteen at all. I don't. I don't give a damn. 
about you and your brother and your your twin brother and your dog and your your seven chickens and your whatever. Three I like the movie. Huh? Three, Three chickens. chickens? Three chickens. Oh, shoot. I said four. My bad. I said seven. <laughs> oh, no. I have it on one of the facts. Okay. Anyway. Um, but um, I really love the heart of this movie. And I love that they had it made because they're paying homage to their father. And Will Smith, I thought, it was the Will Smith show. Let's just be honest. No one else in that whole movie besides uh, The Punisher when he popped in. Uh, John. Brenthal. Uh, yeah, yeah, the best Punisher uh, besides Dolph Laundrieff that ever existed. Um, like, literally just the whole movie was him it was just an acting class left and right and yeah script wasn't the best and some things are a little weird about it but i just think if he doesn't get nominated for an oscar for that movie then i don't even know why we have oscars he was definitely better in king richard than he was in ali and ali wasn't terrible um look look i'm not gonna argue with you king richard was great we reviewed it too i had almost nothing but good things to say about it it just wasn't to me the top 10 okay understandable Number four, Chris. Uh, uh, I mean, Mark, yeah. my bad. Mark, I went out of order. I've been drinking. Right. Um, best pure action movie of the year, bar none. Probably best pure action movie um, not related to in a previously established IP of the last few years. Jason Statham's and Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. Oh, yeah, the remake, the remake of the, wow. remake of the first I didn't even yeah, think yeah. about that movie, yeah. and we reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. That, seems, that must come out at the beginning of the year, right? Like January? Yeah, no. yeah, and it was Wrath of Man day. was like May. Wow. Yeah, Wrath of Man took Black Widow's spot when when that got bumped to the summer, the midsummer. Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. I, and that's where he was the uh the security guard that uh mm. for like uh like a Brinks armored car think, vehicles yeah. and he started uh going nuts mm. or he, well I don't want to ruin the story for everybody who hasn't seen it cuz man that that's just a uh, Good story to tell. Guy, Guy Ritchie can be very hit or miss. Um, I like, I tend to like a lot of Guy Ritchie stuff, but you know, he's one where he swings for the fences, and if he connects, it's a home run. If he misses, he hits the umpire. Um, he, he's, and this one was definitely he hit it out of the park. The action is very crisp. It's very precise. Uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham is a very underrated actor. I have to give him a shout out because he like he can take a movie like Hobbs and Shaw, which was dumber than shit, <laughs> but have an entire no, sorry, not not Hobbs and Shaw. It was the um the one of the Fast and the Furious movies where he's having an entire fight scene with a baby in his hand, and it's the yeah. best scene of the movie. Yes. <laughs> he is he is a very underrated um, dramatic actor, and obviously I you know people like him for his stunts and his fight choreography. But I, when you put it together and it's top notch, and you have Guy Ritchie's directing, you have a very, very sharp, very well written, intelligent movie. Like we, you know, my, Robert and I tend to be very hard on movies, you know, to to to, to, to much to many people's aggravation, <laughs> and we gushed about Wrath of Man. That's why it's so high up on my list. Okay. Um. Am I going to go into my number four now? Uh, my number four, same odd. What is it? Saint Maud. I fucking love Saint Maud. I love Rose Glass. Oh, I, I can't wait to see it's this movie. It's so bad. Dude, I disagree okay, with you 100. I disagree with you 100. Saint Maud was. It was people a, like eating spam out of a can too. Was, you know. Was, but listen, <laughs> it was one of my most anticipated movies of the year of this year, and it got pushed mm-hmm. back to 2021, uh, and uh, it came out, and it did not disappoint. Rose Glass, fucking mini a, 
a disturbing as fuck movie. And I, I was so happy to see it. I was done. I'm like, I I'm did so not think it was disturbing. That's the problem. Okay, that's I, fine. That's I, fine. I thought of it. It was like a fifth grader trying to disturb me. That's like fine. if a fifth grader came up and put like peanut butter and jelly all over his face, like, oh look, my face is melting. I'm like, okay. I thought, cool. I mean, dude, you're, this you're is my cool. number four. Let's the year that off, man. You go fuck yourself on. I'm not liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Saint you know amazing. what my number four movie is? Yeah. Uh, you ready for mine? Uh huh. Is it, is it Matrix? And be pissed to you if it is. Oh, 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 no. Okay, good. Because when there's something strange in the neighborhood, there's only someone you call, and that is Paul Rudd to fix a franchise. (laughs) Because that's what he did in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I love that choice. Ghostbusters Afterlife to me, and I saw the eyes roll, but let's just be (laughs) honest. It paid a lot of homage to Harold Ramis, and that... I'm sorry, guys. I bawled like so. Like yeah, I was, a, I was, like a, a, I was a fucking just, mess next to my brother. I was, a, I was a man, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe it's because I'm a, you know, was always a huge Ghostbuster. Like I had the toys. I had, you know, I had the, I had the pack. I had the, the little action I, figures. I had the, when I had I was the trap. Kid. Yeah, I had the trap too. But man, when you seen the the OG Ghostbusters come online, and then all of a sudden there's the ghost of of ghost Egon right of, next yeah, to him, yeah, yeah, I, I was like, oh my god, why did they do this to me? It's like right now they could put Betty White right next to it, and I'd be like, that's the only way I'd be more of a sobbing mess. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready, ready for Mark to get to to make us feel bad about liking this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have known me so well Look, I, I'm not going to take anyone's personal enjoyment out of Ghostbusters away from them and as I say very often look, not everyone's looking at anything critically they're just looking to have a good time also people like yourselves like a lot of my friends place a high premium on nostalgia mm-hmm. I'm just not that person um, not to mention that, uh, that while I thought the inclusion of Harold Ramis's ghost was a nice touch given you know how the movie uh, unravels um adding bill murray dan Aykroyd, and um what's his ernie nuts hudson. Ernie, uh, ernie, hudson. ernie hudson at the end of the movie i i felt undercut everything that that story was trying to do and everyone has argued with me about it because like how do you not have them back in it like yeah sure like i get the business decision and i get the nostalgia decision for it i get the fan service decision um what i don't get is the craft decision and I stand by, I said it on my show, and I'll stand by it now. I feel like you had this entire movie going for these kids, and then they come in at the end and undercut the whole thing, and then it's about them and not the kids anymore. And I think it ruins the movie. So here, here's the thing with this, uh, Mark, and I, I kind of agree with you because it's on my top ten. Um, mm-hmm. It's I, I, I stayed away from having any IP or sequels in my top ten because I, mm-hmm. I think it, for a movie to stand alone by itself, that's – that's something else. And I, I do feel like if I hadn't had that emotional connection and the warm mm-hmm. fuzzies and the yeah, member berries from the first two Ghostbusters, this wouldn't have hit me as well. But it's all member berries. If you guys watch South yeah. Park, that's that's no, but, no, I get you. And that, and that you know, and I, there's a place for that. But when it comes mm-hmm. to the place of that, it's not my top 10. Right. Look, like I, I'll say it again. If you enjoyed it, if, if it gave you the feels, you know, brought it all your memories, God bless you. Like, I'm not, I think the, I think the mistake people make about me when I say stuff like this is like, I'm like, I'm trying to tell them that you're not allowed to enjoy this movie. 
dude, watch porn. I don't care. Have a good time. <laughs> you you want to watch paint dry porn or Ghostbusters? Knock yourself the fuck out. Um, but if you ask me to to critically review a movie, I'm going to tell you what's critically right and critically wrong about it. And the thing that's critically wrong about it is the thing that everyone liked best about it. Oh, well, shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> and Okay, Neil, you got to take that. Chris is wrong. He knows it down, please. No, no, okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> right here. Here you go. Oh, come on, dude. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even for you. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even for you. So. Mm-hmm. All okay. right, all right, all right. Number, uh, let's number, go. Number, um, number okay, so I did number four. So number three for Mark. Um, we said it before, so I won't spend too long on this. Mitchell's versus the machines. I kind of said, we talked about this earlier. Uh, best animated film of the year. Um, Encanto was nice. Uh, not not one of Disney's best. And it was definitely better than Raya and the Last Dragon. And while... Yeah. Um, better than Luca, too. But, you know, I liked Luca a lot. Luca's a beautiful movie, but you know, I, if the mm. thing about Luca is that the only thing I can remember it is who wants to watch me eat a big sandwich, it's probably not one of Pixar's best. No, Pixar. Um, Pixar to me, it was a a. I'm like Pixar can do so much better, but we're mm-hmm. we're, t- we're talking about terms of machines, not not Luca. Yeah, so, well, that's my point. Like of all the, I watched of of all the animated movies that I watched this year, the one that stood out to me and the one that that resonated the most was and I think it was the best was the most well made was the Mitchells versus the Machines. Luca looks very pretty, but is kind of a um a nice movie. Ryan the Last Dragon like had some mm-hmm. I I had some issues with it, but it wasn't like poorly made or anything yeah, yeah. like that. So you know, again, I think like by default, uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines by an entire lap versus okay. its competitors. Yeah, sure. Uh, my number three is Dune. Oh my gosh! Is your number three too? We match! Oh, for, for, for once in our lives. Um, no. For once we agree on something. No, actually, for the best yes, couple, my number three is Dune the, as well. The best uh, uh, you, you said the title wrong first, though. Oh, Dune Part 1. Part 1! Yeah. You gotta add the Part 1 now. Uh, I... You know, again, this could totally fall apart when Dune Two comes out, <laughs> Part Two comes out. But I, I was a big fan of this. I, I love Dennis Villeneuve, so I was like, "All right, no Villeneuve, no Villeneuve." Does Denny? I think you were right the first time, Villeneuve. Denny, yeah. Denny, Denny Villeneuve. I love his. I love the Arrival. I, lo- I loved uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I love. I, I was super excited for this, and he didn't let down. It's got everything I wanted in it, and um, I'm super excited for Part Two. I just. I just, I just the reason I like this movie so much, mm-hmm. and this is the reason I liked uh, Dune. I put it in my top three, is because I believe what this this version of Dune did was what Lord of the Rings did for the Tolkien books, and that was take source material that if you've read the book. Um, it's like so much coming at you. It, it's like when you're reading the Witcher series or reading any of the 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 uh, Bounty Hunter series, Star Wars, or or whatever. Anyway, there's just like a lot of information there that they're just like, here's information. Take all this information and have it right in your face, and you try to figure it out. But Dune did what like Lord of the Rings did, and they drew it out. They made it so everything had a face. You knew what what, what everything meant. You knew you know the difference between that and this instead of just being like, okay. What happened in that movie? <laughs> like, like the first Dune by uh, David Finch, um, David Lynch. Um, I was about to be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first Dune movie, uh, which was just like they just stacked it all in there. And even though Patrick Stewart looked great as you know a general fighting in that movie, it was just it was like a lot fed down your your face all of a sudden. And the way they spread this out a little bit, and they didn't even tell you that it was the first part, you know, until you got there, until you're in the theater. You know, because I was trying to figure out how are they going to do this in like the what was it two hours and twenty minutes? But here's the one. I, I here's the one. Yeah, here's two one, hours and thirty minutes. Here's the problem with that. Had with it though. Um, I've, I've mentioned this when we did the podcast on it. That if you didn't see it in IMAX, we didn't see the same movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, mm-hmm. and so, like, I saw it in IMAX. I, I was, I was, you know, I was there. But, but seeing it at home, I don't IMAX think it has 3D. the same effect. Oh, I'm not like a big IMAX snob. I mean, I tend to do an IMAX screening if it's available mm-hmm. just to justify my leaving the house to go see a movie these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah. But um, like that was one where you know, like I'm like the movie guy at, at my job. And, you know, so when everyone's like, oh, did you see this? I'm like mm-hmm. insisting everybody because because when when given the opportunity to watch it at home, 90 percent of the people take that as, as can be seen by how poorly wb did this year with the, you know with their movies like, yeah. like not a, not other than the conjuring not a hit amongst them yeah. financially anyway um sorry but i was like in i was like a like a preacher like i like you have to see dune on the screen you don't understand you have to see it on imax <laughs> Yeah, I, I like, know that Denis, I can watch it at home. I'm like, no, you yeah. can't watch it at home. I know Denis Villeneuve. He said, "See the cinemax." I'm like, okay, a, mm-hmm. a director I respect a lot told me to see tears. I'm going to go see the cinemax right. the way he wanted to. Did you like to? All right, um, I did. My my problems with it were structural, and it was mostly with the ending. Okay. The, your conclusion brings in a character you haven't met before, and it's a final fight. You're supposed and to care. It, yeah, it, <laughs> like here's. You have to, like the Lord of the Rings, the success or failure of those movies rest upon their ability to stand alone without having read the books or mm-hmm. knowing it's a trilogy. Okay. Um, and my problem with Fellowship and Dune both kind of have that same, so, somewhat the same issue where you don't feel like Fellowship handled it better. I just remember it because the girl I was with at the time was like, was watching going, wait, so they never get to Mordor? And I'm like, no, there's fucking two more movies. Shut up. <laughs> um, but, but Dune more so, like there's an entire conclusion that doesn't relate to the rest of the movie. Okay. And that's not great structure. Okay. Uh, so both. Understandable. Movies. All right. Then number two. we're down to it. We're almost down to it. Number two. Mark, what is your number two movie of 2021? Okay, so whatever credibility I had with your audience is about to go out the window. Mm-hmm. Okay, my favorite movie of this year, bar none. Like I don't number care. Two. Oh, number number two. two. Yeah, no, no, no. This is that's what I'm saying. Okay, this is the number two best movie of the year for me. Is the one I liked the most. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> that's not going to go because there's a guy that listens, and he, we actually had him on, uh, and he actually went to uh, which was which one uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, I hate. He went to the press. I hate the Godzilla press release with us on that one because he's a huge Godzilla. His name's uh, Matt Nova. He's a good friend of mine, but that is not our entire audience. <laughs> damn, tell us why Godzilla versus Kong. I want to hear this. You know, look as much as like a as a film snob as I tend to be, and somebody who pays attention to craft. Sometimes I just like to be thrilled. I like to, you know, I like to feel, I like to feel like I'm a child again. And while all of you nerds are like Ghostbusters, I'm like Godzilla, <laughs> like monsters fighting and punching and yay, woo! 
a giant ape hits a giant lizard with a glowing axe. Hot dog. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. I, it's like, you just want to, like, let me just get straight up. You just want to see a giant gorilla punch a dinosaur in the fucking face sometimes on a battleship. Like, this movie was like, what if we took two giant dolls and smashed them together for two hours and they gave it to you? These mad geniuses just gave it, was it to a, you. And to be honest, it was probably the, one of the best monster see, movies I, of I, all time. I, I like I I like, uh, this one, but I think I like Kong Skull Island more than I like this. Oh, Kong Skull Island's a better made movie, but okay. like I said, this was like Avengers Endgame to me, and, okay. and very specifically, like I don't think I had looked forward to a movie more than Avengers Endgame. It was Endgame. nice to see Mechagodzilla for sure. Yeah, because you had the buildup of Godzilla. Right. You had Kong Stink, Skull Island, Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters, with a little hint at the end of what's going to happen. And then you got Godzilla versus Kong. The whole, like, marketing of it, like, that rap song. I'm not a huge rap guy. I'm a metal guy. Yeah. But, like, that rap song. Dude, my kids and I are, like, bouncing in the car. (laughs) Like, here we go. Yeah. Did you like like King of Monsters? Did you like the last one? Yeah, I, I've liked. Let me be careful because if I say, say I don't like Godzilla 2014, someone, one of my friends will run into my house and mm. fucking punch me in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I liked all of them. Okay. But um, I really liked Godzilla King of Monsters a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was sad that it didn't do as well as it did. But I think because a lot of people had issues with 2014 because it's like it's like a Godzilla movie without Godzilla, without Godzilla for a lot yeah. of it. And that pissed a lot of people off. And they were like, well, I'm not going to see any more of these. And have it's that like naming again. a movie Beetlejuice and then like only having them in there for 11 right. minutes and 30 seconds. I just, Godzilla versus Kong was just pure joy. And I, and I said this on my podcast at the time, and I'm going to repeat it here. I thought just getting beyond the punching, whatever. I like it. Um, One of the things I thought they did really, really well with this was the ability to use CGI to make the monsters emote with their face. Mm -hmm. So that final fight where there's close-up shots of their face, I said, you know, the guy I was with at the time was like, I don't get what you're saying. I felt like they were really communicating. Like there was some depth and you know, real understanding of what's going on in the minds of these monsters. They're not just monsters. These were sentient beings with thoughts and they were trying to communicate those thoughts in the middle of that fight. And I love that. I love that, that I love in mo- a lot of times with movies, they tend to like make the monsters or the aliens or whatever, um, secondary to the human characters. And I like that Godzilla versus Kong was like, no, fuck the humans. <laughs> like the stars yeah, yeah, of this yeah. movie are Godzilla versus Kong, but like they made them, they made them real players in this drama. Okay. And, like- and I loved all of that. Yeah, and the, the the then all of a sudden the ring bell went off, and mm-hmm. we had we had the biggest smackdown of monster versus monster. <laughs> so good, but yeah. I also like I also like Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg and in, in the Ultimate Warrior. So that's hey, 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 my no, taste line. There's actually a top ten list if you ever watch what what culture uh, wrestling, mm-hmm. what culture wrestling just put a top ten list of top ten. Uh, matches that are perfect from beginning to end, and you mm-hmm. don't want to admit it. And today, number three on that list is Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Perfect. So, yes, my number two is going to be controversial because it came actually out, it came out five days before to 2021, and uh, it didn't. Most people didn't go see because it, it was deep in the pandemic of 2020. Um, but I saw it as soon as it came VOD. And my number two is Promising a Woman. That's my number two of the year. Promising young woman. Mm-hmm. 
Is your number two? Yep, my number two. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I, I, you I, need I, to defend this to hell and back, bro. Yeah, I'm dying you, to hear this. How the hell are you from you, Texas you, and you, you promising young woman? Would you not like this one, dude? I'm sitting back. No, no, what, one second, one second. Let me grab my beer for this one. Fine. All right, let's go. Let's hear this. Promising one to me was uh, one, it was, I thought, I thought it was shot beautifully. I thought, and you guys are staring me down and now you're uh, making me feel bad for liking this movie. We want to hear your explanation. <laughs> okay. Promising one to me, uh, when it was clever, when it was, uh, you know, what are you doing over there? Okay. My my thing is loose, dude, okay? I'm sorry. I hate it when my thing's loose. You know I, I like to keep it nice and tight, not loose. I need to do some kinkles, so fine. All okay, right, so promising one to me, it was uh, when it was cleverly shot to me. Uh, the storyline to myself, it, it made me, it did make me upset, uh, but mostly myself. Right, I would never take a girl home drunk and fuck her or try to fuck her ever. That's just not my style. I uh, try to romance, right? But but like, the, mm, there's that one party. Fuck you, dude. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, don't even joke about married. it. You've been married since I've been with okay, you. Dude. I've been married since you've been with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought I had something to say, and to me, that's the most reason I like that. I like promising one quite a bit for that reason. I thought it was shot well. I thought it was written well, and um. It, it did have a little bit of fantasy in it. There's a lot of fantasy, like, sort of like, uh, and I, I know they're bad. The people are like, oh, it's a lifetime because they're kicking the shit out of men, right? And a lot of people had a problem with that. I didn't at all. But, you know, that's just, that's just me. Here's the thing. I'm 100% with you. Mm-hmm. My problem, the, the look I gave you, one, was more about the ending of Promising Young Woman okay. is so bad a lot of and people it goes have so it, far yeah. off the rails. It. Yeah. Like my, yeah. my my friend once said of a screenplay that I wrote, he was like, "This was like having the best sex of your life, and right before you're about to finish, the girl goes, "Ill, get off me.'" <laughs> that was promising, young woman, for me. Okay. Yes, was, <laughs> I agree like, with that statement. This is actually going really, really, really well, and then that's that conclusion where she dresses up as the sexy nurse, and it's so far gone and so stupid mm-hmm. that. Like I'm all about the message of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm very much okay with a movie that says, "Hey, don't abuse women." Yeah. Duh. Um, it's like hard to argue the counterpoint to that. No, yeah. women are trash. Yeah. You know? How dare um, you? No. But you like that. But you have. But you're you're going to make like sort of like a political movie. Like Don't Look Up had the same issue, mm-hmm. where you know if you're if you're trying to make a point and drive home a political issue. You've got to stick the landing, and it not only does not stick the landing, but it lands on its head and breaks its neck. See, I, yeah, I, I didn't have such a department with the ending, but I do, I do mm-hmm. understand. But I did have an issue with it a little bit. But it, uh, to me, uh, I'm going to be kind of a film critic here and be like, the rest of it, the rest of me, admit, negated that bad part of it to me. I love Promising Woman, and I, I honestly can't wait to direct this next on that one. So not a, not an unfair not an unfair assessment. I just, I couldn't get past the ending. Sure. Yeah. Are you ready for my number two? I am. Are you ready? We'll we'll make everybody happy again. Are you ready? Just fucking spit it out, dude. (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course it is. Period. Of course it is. Because you know why? Two reasons. Andrew Garfield and Defoe. They both got their retribution of this is how we get to do it. Finally, we get that on the, and yeah, I know it's the member berries and stuff like that. I get it, whatever. But to be honest, it is like, it is the end game of Spider-Man and I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. 
You know, it is all those movies I got to watch when Am- when Amazing Spider-Man 2 didn't end the best way and it got bad reviews. Guess what? Andrew Garfield's back and he fucking just knocks it out of the damn park and he gets to make up for things that happen in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Tobey Maguire does, pops in and he gets to do stuff and just... It's the closest to the Sinister Six I'm ever going to get on the main screen. You know, it's in my, they it's missed, in my honorable mentions. You're not like all, all, totally off base. It's not like it's Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, it's not like it's like a great movie like Ghostbusters Afterlife, but it is the great movie known as Spider Man No Way Home. Um, and also, I mean, what they what do they need? Craven the Hunter or Hobgoblin? And that's like the only two. People that became the Sinister Six. I think that's the one yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. One of those two people, and they would have been Sinister Six. So they could have brought back Franco if he wasn't in jail for doing whatever he does to people. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, gotcha. I uh, mean, let's be honest. Um, so far, it is now in the top seven best-selling movies. Okay, at the but, but you and I, but, uh, everyone on this podcast knows that just because something made the most money doesn't mean it's a good movie. We're not That's talking correct. about Titanic. I know. We're talking about I know. No, I like I like No Way right. Home quite a bit, and it's. it's I know, no, I have had that argument, Chris. I have I've w- just screamed myself hoarse, saying just because it makes the most money doesn't mean it's the best made movie. Yeah, exactly. Or just because you like it doesn't mean it's good. So that's the, hey, when hey, when Neil, Neil, Neil right no, here. you make that argument. No, no, listen, listen. I do a podcast called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do, and guess what? That movie got people's asses back into movie theaters where I can go now see any shitty independent movie I want to go see <laughs> or any big screen freaking Kevin Keanu Reeves big fucking movie that's going to come out next year. But guess what? I get to go to the cinema again and see those movies because these jackalagans all went out and bought tickets for Spider-Man No Way Home. Bottom line, it saved cinema. Period. I like No Way Home. I'm not saying I didn't, but again, I how didn't, many, how I didn't many put the IP or sequels in my. Uh, I didn't put my any sequels or IP in my um in my list except for Dune, which is not you know. Uh, but uh, that's your number two, No Way Home. Yeah, dude. And now honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. We'll be quick. Mark, give us your top five honorable mentions. Uh, starting with number five, The Eyes of Tommy Faye, which we discussed earlier. Okay, I'm going to... All right, here we go. Hot take. <laughs> Eternals. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Like fuck everyone who didn't like Eternals. I Grow yes! the fuck up, you man-baby-asshole children. <laughs> Love you. all hate mail to sgarmer at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> I, I, have, I have their books right behind me. <laughs> no, I... I, I we reviewed Nomadland earlier this year as mm-hmm. sort of making a point about Oscar movies. And I like Chloe Zhao. I thought she did a great job mm-hmm. with Eternals. Look, are there things, you know, somewhat wrong with it? Sure. That's why it's not in my top 10. But I think the, I think because it's such an out of the box Marvel film that, you know, it, I, we were talking about this with another movie earlier. It's so what not people wanted for a Marvel mm-hmm. movie that it's getting an inflated hate. Yeah. And that drives me a little insane. Judge the movie for what it is, not what you wanted it to be. And I think it's a gorgeous movie, very well acted, a little overstuffed. 
Um, you know, Chloe Zhao could probably take a lesson from maybe like a Joss Whedon or someone who's more adept at handling See, large what, cats. What I thought about her is that I thought she put a little bit of Oscar-winning dust on it, like sort of like oh no, for it, sure, yeah, yeah, and that fairy dust that she got from being an Oscar-winning director because Zoomerland was good. Uh, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as good as everyone said it was, but it was good. And you could right. th- I could see her style in the Eternals. Right. And that's what I, and that's the thing. Like, why does every right. movie have to be fucking Iron Man? Why yeah. can't we do some different stuff? I yeah. almost put exactly. Shang-Chi in the list too. Yeah, she because, was really you know, for that reason. Yeah, really um, it's not, I, it's not in my honorable mentions, but it was close. Yeah. But anyway, um, I also didn't want to make this like all my top, <laughs> all, all my honorable mentions are Marvel movies. No, um, <laughs> I'd hate myself and I would never be able to, <laughs> to yeah, go I'm to sleep tonight. Um, all right, so next one was Spider-Man. We already talked about that. Um, this The number two on my list just came out, Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Nobody went to go see this fucking thing. It came out the same day as Spider-Man. Yeah, you you saw, have to be I a saw. lunatic or a podcaster. Yeah, I saw, the, I saw it the day after I saw Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nightmare Alley. But Nightmare Alley is gorgeous. It's, yes. it's, it's gorgeous. It's wonderfully shot. It's beautifully acted. It's a little long, but it is... You know, Guillermo del Toro is one of the best directors going right 100%. now, especially from a visual uh, point of view. Yeah. And Nightmare Alley um, will never get the credit that it deserves, but it is it is a very much an outstanding movie. Yeah. And this last one came to me because it was like highly touted among critics that I take seriously. Yeah. Not to mention that it was one of my wife and I's date night movies, and we howled at this. We loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it completely caught me off guard because when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to see this fucking thing. Yeah. But Whitney Seibel said it was good, so I watched it, yeah. and he turns out he's right. Um, Barb and Star go to Vistel Del Mar. Yeah, I think it just oh my that hurts gosh. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. So I live in Oklahoma, so everything I'm about to say is 100% legal. Okay. I just want you everybody to know that before I state this. I was so fucking stoned one night <laughs> and watched this movie. I laughed my and it wasn't just me it was like uh, my in-laws and my wife mm-hmm. and we were just laughing our asses off to this yeah. movie I've yet to, and yeah, but, to be honest be honest i'm gonna show you something you guys continue talking i'm gonna show you something so I'm, uh, i've been talking to my wife oh man i'm we're probably i'm in kansas but what the fuck we'll probably get high and watch it later on tonight <laughs> but uh yeah uh, i have yet to watch this i tried to watch all the stuff that was on your list before uh, we did the podcast but mm-hmm. did not have a chance to because uh I busy man. I do two other podcasts, so it's a, a bit of my Are you ready for this? Yeah. So I work at a radio station and they wanted us to advertise Barb and Star mm. like massively. So they sent us all these DVDs, they sent us cups, they sent us uh I think there's t shirts, Fousey, uh you know, Fousey, stuff like that. This is one thing that I grabbed out of the box and I started putting it on the table because we're at a at a fair, at a normal state fair. And then I noticed what they were, and I was like, nope, I'm taking those back. And then my boss is like, that was a smart decision. These are Barb and Star, I'm not joking to you, rolling papers. <laughs> like, I'm not, with the little with the little filter and the roll and all that stuff, but nice. it is Barb and Star rolling papers. Fuck, you didn't show me that. That's something that I wish you would show me. All right. I was going to at one point, and I, I had them sitting somewhere, and I was just like, I just remembered I had them. Okay. Is that, was that all of them, Mark? You have one more? Okay. Yeah. I'm good. What's your honorable mentions of 2021, Chris? This is in no particular order. I'm going to go start out with The Green Knight. I really love The Green Knight. Uh, a lot of people hated it. I know Neil didn't like it that much. Uh, you thought it deviated from the actual story of... 
I grew up with Latin and author. I, I mean, I was a geeky kid. Okay. So I knew the story already, and I was kind of, like, looking for the actual I, – I don't know. When it comes to, like, old Latin stories, I always think that, you know, maybe they should tell them a little bit closer. I don't know. Don't right. don't, don't be no nine. Okay, uh, then the movie Neil Hay, The Card Counter. I actually had them on the mentions. other Paul Schrader, after doing First Reformed, which I loved in 2017, I thought this was – it was right in my alley when it comes to Paul Schrader movies. He does sort of the same thing in every movie, movie uh, you know, ending that you don't really like. But I like Paul Schrader, and I like First Reformed, I like Taxi Driver, and so I like The Card Counter quite a bit. Um, then Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we talked about. Remember Barry's uh, childhood, uh, nice warm fuzzies, you know. Um, and then um, Power of the Dog, which we knew, me and Neil both really liked Power of the Dog. Um, did you get a chance to see that, Mark? Uh, no, we, we're gonna. I'm gonna review that in Licorice Pizza and Cop Shop uh, in about a week or two. Okay. So no, have fun with the Licorice Pizza. We 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 uh we kept a ten foot pole away from that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did. We're like, uh, we don't know what to. After you see, you'll know why. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and uh, Power Dog, Neil, you liked it, right? Yeah, it's all right. No, you you talked about you like this. Fuck it. Okay, I'm done. Okay, cool. <laughs> It was a good movie, I guess. Yeah, you know, but a cumber patch. Fuck. All right, dude. All right, uh, and then uh, my final for final honorable mention is Spider Man: No Way Home. So um, those are the ones. Then, like I said, I didn't want to put any IP or uh, sequels on my top ten because again, I can't believe none of us put Malignant anywhere on any list. Well, we're not done yet. Oh my gosh! Let me have number five top honorable mentions from Neil Blackwood. <laughs> Yay! Malignant. There we go. However you watch Malignant, it demands to be experienced. I'm yes. not a diehard, uh, you know, uh, on fan, but uh, yeah, this film is easily one of my favorite things I've seen from this filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Juan has shown he knows to scare audiences in films like um, Insidious and Conjuring. I don't think this is that, that scary, though. But it wasn't, but it was cool, and it had a great twist. I, 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 love, mean, I, love, I love things the, with the trees. I love the crane yeah. on the back <laughs> of the guy. I did like the crane on the back of her head. That was cool. That's but, so uh, great that you said that. It completely <laughs> set me up I, my top five. If I had, yeah, yeah, what a segue. If I had had an opportunity to put one more in my honorable mentions, it would have been Malignant. But yeah. when it was so off the walls crazy, oh, I yeah, can't not. It was I, fucking yeah. bonkers, dude. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't into it. Until I saw, like, until I, the the twist was revealed, and they had the little arms, I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Oh, sorry. The way James Wan shoots the jail murder scene. <laughs> is, I, I keep, there were very few images I have burned into my brain from this year. That's one of them. That's awesome. I can't believe that. that that's the first. Awesome. Okay. But, all right, number two, uh, Power of the Dog. Thank you. I thought was Thank one you. of the greatest movies of the year. Benedict Cumberpatch, if he does oh. not get an Oscar okay. for that, again, I don't know why Oscars So thank you. You have to thank me for that because I made you watch it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, he made me watch it. Um, I would have watched it on my own because oh, I'm a Cumberpatch. Sure. Sure. I'm a Cumberbitch. <laughs> um, and uh, it is a slow burner, but the twist at the end. Uh, did you see The Power of the Dog yet? No, he said he's going to do it next week. Okay, it, it's it's a really good movie. It's a slow burner. I'm 100% going to 100, so get ready for that. But it's worth the wait. They take you on a story that's actually, it, and then when it gets to the end, you're like, why didn't I catch that sooner? It's fucking and sinister. It's a sinister movie. It's, it's, it's the most I want to say. I don't want to ruin it for you. 
number three, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It, it did for Shang-Chi what the Guardians of the Galaxy did. It brought a comic book character that nobody knew, made them popular, made him popular. Because now he's already got a sequel greenlit. Uh, he's already been brought into the, the multiverse. It's adding a character that some of us read as a comic book, the master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi, you know, and now he gets to be on the big screen. I'm sorry. I'm a comic book geek my entire life. I didn't think I was going to see anything more than Batman's and Superman and maybe Spider-Man my entire existence as a movie. And now I get Shang-Chi. Hell, I get Dr. Fate in a movie coming up. And I, you know, how the hell did I know that was going to happen ever? Um, number four, and this is going to piss everybody off. I don't give two shits or damn the suicide squad. John Cena as peacemaker. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Polka dot man. Idris Alba. I loved it. I've watched it probably 10 times this year. Yeah. Suicide squad was great. Yeah, I like yeah. too. I did too. And number five, I cheated. I cheated badly, and I don't give a damn. You guys can murder me later for it. I just put Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Because I was trying to figure out if I should put Pig, if I should put Willie's Wonderland, or <laughs> if I should put Prisoners of the Ghostland. <laughs> but all of them... I liked so much, and I thought it was the year that really made me like Nicolas Cage again. Because it's like, they're completely different movies. Each one of them is a completely fucking different movie than the other one. Okay, Prisoners of Ghostland is different from anything on Earth. Yeah, yeah. Let alone anything else he's done. I actually have a Prisoners of Ghostland poster on my wall in the basement here. So uh, Yeah. A weird movie. Yeah, it's It's such a weird movie. It's so fucking weird. And that's what I like about it, though, to me. But All right. it's um, not a perfect movie, but it's, but it's crazy, yeah. And unlike uh, what you guys said earlier, I'm actually really looking forward to the unbearable weight I'm of too. massive I'm talent. Too. Like, I'm too. I really can't wait to see what the great, the legendary, the man that loved Elvis so much he married her daughter, Nicholas Cage. Ridiculous does. Cage. I look forward to hearing your review because I will not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, hit that drum roll. Let's hear Mark's number one movie of 2021. I will simply say it is the best made movie of this year, in my opinion. And for anyone that knows me is going to, if they don't take a drink, because you're going to snort it through your nose when you hear me say it, Judas and the Black Messiah. This is an incredible film. Yeah, I'll, I'll clap to that one. That yeah. was a great. I was having so much. That did not end up on my top ten, mm-hmm. but it was on there. Yeah, it was on there three too. times. It was. It was. Yeah. In my, it was in my uh But it got pushed up by something else. Uh, he said I did three times. Juice and the Black Messiah did come in. Uh, come into mm-hmm. there, and then it was hard to get. It hard. It hurt me to put it out. Like this was. I, I, could, was, I had was, to come up with something that was like like the best craft as my number one or, or it would have been Godzilla versus Kong. And you know, then I would have had to walk into the woods to live deliberately. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah, Judas and the Black Messiah is like the best acted, the most well-crafted. I was, we, when we reviewed it, I have a, one of the people I podcast with Alexis Haina of Honeysuckle Rose creations. For those of you who are into like jewelry made of game pieces. Um, she was like, why don't we do more Oscar stuff? And so that was like one of the first ones we did. And um, I love, first of all, I love the topic. I love the aesthetic. Yeah. First of all, you're, you're looking at the world's most number one fan of The Wire here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> and, um, you know, and 
it was one of the hardest reviews for me to do because because again a review is not just I liked it let's move on you know you you talk about you talk about the craft and when the craft is darn near perfect this it doesn't give you a lot to talk about yeah everything from the music yeah, it's like uh the acting was good it's fucking good uh, go watch it good For Christ, um, turn off movie. ghostbusters and go watch judas in the black <laughs> it still has a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah, yeah. yeah it's that good yeah it is mm-hmm. it's really phenomenal all right uh my number one pig we talked about pig pig's my number one of the year easily 100 percent. i could i couldn't I couldn't find one thing I hate. My wife hates me. She doesn't hate me. She hates me that I love this movie. Uh, she kind of does sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Your yeah. wife is lovely. She's I mean, if she, she hated, she'd beat you up. She plays roller derby. Yeah. She, um, well, when the, she's when, a champion roller derby yeah, player. She's, she's great. Wow. Yeah, 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 she could fuck, this, fuck me up big time. But um, Calamity Maine. Calamity Maine. Calamity Maine. Love that name. But uh, yeah, anyway. she. But uh, Pig to me, like I said, it's a story about loss. I cried big time. Uh, not not because I lost the pig, but because you know it's just it it has so much to say, and like when somebody had something to say, I was so happy that Pig was not John Wick with with a, with a Pig. I'm not, I was <laughs> pleased. I love John Wick, but I. I People want to know, oh, it's Nick Cage. He's going to be John Wick and Buddha Pig. No, it's it's uh, Nicholas Cage, a broken man, trying to trying to uh, forget about what he lost. And I love Pig. Pig is great. So that's my number one. You know? I'm sorry. While you're in the middle of that conversation, my friend Topher just messaged oh, me yeah. pictures. Uh, my friend Topher is my wrestling friend. We go watch wrestling together. We're going to WrestleMania together for both nights uh, coming up a couple uh about April, um, and he's at a midget wrestling. Oh, is it Micro Championship Wrestling? Yeah, Micro Championship Wrestling. Yes. Oh, exactly. was the guy that wrestles with Mario there? That's awesome. Yes, he's here. They're here in Tulsa tonight. Go, but uh, we had to do this tonight. I was like, ah, yeah. Okay. All right, guys, are you ready to hate me? I'm ready. Let's do. I mean, are you ready? Sometimes, I, sometimes give, I give a drum roll. Give me the drum roll, uh, I, so I can get all the hate from I, all you guys. I, I gotta be honest, dude. I I accidentally didn't load it up. So. Fucking Black Widow. I'm just gonna like just oh, yeah. right off the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you My like, <laughs> number one favorite movie of 2021, and anybody who knows me will know what it is. You already know. You already know, Chris. You know what it is. Zack Snyder's Justice League. I fuck that dude. Fucking love that movie. Fuck you. I, I don't hate that as an answer. A little, I mean, it technically counts. It's a new movie that came out this year, even though it's essentially it's a recut of the mess that was Joss Whedon's. But um, look, uh, you're not wrong. It's a it's a well made event. It's a four hour four parter movie. And, and this is okay. This is the reasons I love this movie. One, uh. one. Um, Sorry, a man. I love. I love how his soul just died a little inside. I can actually see it on. Yeah, him. I was yeah. so excited for number one. I'm like, I have no clue what this is, and it's this one, dude. Really? Yeah, like yeah. I said, you know why? I'm just you know glad why? it wasn't. This Black man's Widow daughter <laughs> died. She committed suicide, uh, I, and he had to leave the film. I understand and Josh that, Whedon I, came there and was like, "Hey, why don't I sexually abuse and be a racist to half the people that are in the freaking movie and ruin the damn movie to the point where it's unwatchable?" 
And then Zack Snyder's like, hey, dude, I'd really like a second chance of doing this. And HBO's like, you know what? Yeah, let's give you $20 million, and you go make the movie that you feel like you needed to make. And he comes back and not only makes it watchable, but makes it like it was a masterpiece to the point there's still, to this day, people tweeting, restore the Snyderverse. And I'm sorry, if you like your your shit boy Christopher Nolan movies and not like Zack Snyder fucking Justice League, I don't see what the difference is. What, one's too realistic for you? You know, oh, I'm sorry, they got some space aliens in there. My bad. You know, like, it's a comic book movie. It allowed you to see, like, how many storylines did he even touch on from a comic bunch. books? From the comic book uh, feature, what he touched on Flashpoint, he ch- uh, jumped on um, Batman versus Superman. Uh, he popped on, um, gosh, I can't even remember all of them. Uh, I know it was like the New Fifty Two Dark Side storyline as well. And to be honest, for me as a fan, he made Jared Leto Joker good. Who the hell could done that? Well, hang on, because um, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. And when the credits rolled, had that just it just said Finn, and we were done, mm-hmm. and there wasn't that extra scene. I'm I'm actually right there with you. I think you know for, I I think um, his four hour cut of Justice League is actually pretty darn good. Really, Nick, I don't think I had any complaints about it. But then again, he just drove right past the stop sign into oncoming traffic and caused a sixty car pile up. That last bit. Where they're in the future with the demon bug, the parademons, and there's that ridiculous bit of dialogue between um, Joker and Batman in the Injustice future. I'm like, come on, man. Like, do you not know when to stop? Yeah, the, the one fuck word in the movie, then that's what made it. Or like, like I, 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 uh, I, I, I liked Just League. I watched it over an afternoon because that's what it fucking was in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, boy, the whole thing to bring a sack lunch. Yeah, bring a sack lunch and uh, and so like I, Neil, I like the Justice League movie, but I can't, I can't understand. I, I wonder if I, I didn't see the original Justice League. Told people told me to skip it, so maybe I would have felt better. And more excited about this one if I'd seen the original cut, but honestly, like I can't believe this is your number one. I was so excited for number one to be something that none of us had mentioned or we have mentioned, but it's Justice League four hour long movie. Basically, basically, yeah. basically, it could have been a miniseries. <laughs> like to me, like yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, dude. All right, that's fine. And you know why? Because it was awesome. It gave me more of the best Batman that there's ever been. Uh, visually, you know, not saying acting wise, let's just put that out there, you know, or written wise in any other script. But let's be honest, when you look at Ben Affleck, Batman, does that not scream Batman to you? Like Batman should not be five foot four. Batman should not be a whiny emo bitch that his legs were broken after he was Batman for three weeks. Batman shouldn't be, uh, you know, like, I mean, it was literally the first poor time I Robert saw a guy. Pattinson. Huh? I said, poor Robert Pattinson. I was talking about Robert Pattinson. He's such good Christian actor. Bale. He hates Christian. He hates, oh, okay. he hates the Nolan films. He hates them all. And I, I really, I love the Dark Knight. It needs oh, more. dude, I could rip those the, things apart. The Dark Knight why is nothing like Batman. Dark Knight to me is a perfect movie. Even if it's I was a, to say, 
Like I can, I get the Dark Knight Rises. It's that sucks, yeah. and Batman Begins is fine. It's not nothing. It's not that's not great. It's but fine. I yeah, the Dark Knight is like, yeah. You're right. It's like a, like a best picture nominee. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And again, I always say this when people say, "Was it a good movie? Was it a great movie? Yes. Was it a good Batman movie? No." And I could I could tear it apart, and it's a whole freaking hour. I could tell you how Batman wouldn't kill Two Face after thirty minutes of him being Two Face. I could tell you that Joker would not be putting on grease makeup because you know. Anyway, I could I could tear it apart. I could rip it apart. As I have Joker tattooed here, I have Batman tattooed here. <laughs> like, anyway, but uh, to me, uh, I just thought Justice League because any person that could go back and make up for a mistake in their life and got to go back and make something into just beautiful art. And there's not only the color version, you can go back and watch the black and white version as well, which is awesome. Um, yes, I've watched both of them more than once. Um, I just love it. And it's not because I'm a DC geek boy. It's because I'm a comic book geek boy. And again, I got so much comic book out of stuff I never thought I'd ever see. I, who ever thought you'd see Aquaman on a fucking screen? I I do love that in a con- in a two hour conversation about the best movies of the year, the three best movies between three different people were Pig, Judas and the Black Messiah, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because somewhere out there, someone's listening to this, going, "No, fuck all three of these guys." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how is it not Ghostbusters? You fucking assholes! <laughs> how how? How was it that it wasn't, uh, you know, Don't Look Up? Or yeah. what movie was it last week that was number one at the boxes? I don't know. No, well, it's been No Way Home since the year of the flood. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, only a number two. All right, Mark, do you want to give a little plugs on your stuff real quick before we head? Yes. Yep. Thank you very much. First of all, guys, thank you for having me on your show. This was super fun. Oh, yeah. Let's we'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, please let me know when you want me back and I will make the time. Um, I'm <laughs> happy to do it. You guys are great. I'll continue listening to your podcast. It's super fun. Awesome. Um, so I am. Thank you. I am. Uh, the website that we're at is w2mnet.com. We have a YouTube page. Uh, it's w2m network. And then we are w2m network on all your podcatchers, Apple Music, Spotify, Wherever you can listen to podcasts, we're there. We're the W2M Network. Um, my stuff is Rattledge and Broadcasting, and then I have like a whole bunch of other uh, shows underneath that umbrella. like Damn You Hollywood, Metal Hammer of Doom, TV Party, Triple Feature, um, On Trial, etc. Mostly do music, movies, um, so heavy metal albums, music, and uh, take three. <laughs> movies, television, heavy metal albums. Um, we also have a, a couple of comic book podcasts, all kinds of stuff, uh, pro wrestling. I am, and on the weekends, I do live stream for boxing events. Big time boxing fan. Uh, there's no boxing in January um, when I'm going to be home. So we're going to actually do the next UFC pay-per-view instead. But uh, we did all the big fights last year from Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3, all the way up through Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley 2. Um, and everything in between. So if you know, if you're into like boxing, wrestling, movies, TV, we got pretty much all covered. And then the other guys um, do video games, soccer, football. So we have a lot of stuff, game shows. We have a lot of stuff on our channel. Please give us a shout. Um, you know, find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I want to thank you guys for letting me on here. I actually got to run, but appreciate you very much. Hey, it was we'll a thrill having you on, uh, Thank you. All right.
Have a good night. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. And I can't wait to hang out with you on Wednesday and uh, talk some wrestling. Make sure to send me the links. Yep, will do. Have a good All right. Thank you very much. You have a good day. All right, man. All right, Chris. That was 2021. What What do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, I can't wait for 2022. I really can't. Can't wait for 2022. I mean, there's already movies we want to see. Yeah. I mean, how many movies are out there right now that we're really just dying to go to the theater or to see right now? I, I don't know. I, haven't, I mean, we're, what do we see next week? I think the Kingsman. Yeah, the Kingsman and uh, oh, t- the Tinder Bar on Amazon. And Tinder, Tinder Man, Tinder, the Tinder bar? bar, the Tinder Bar. The Tinder bar, Tinder yeah. man, Tinder bar. Yeah, something like that. Are you Tinder? It's on I'm Amazon. Tinder with you. It's on Amazon. I'm Tinder with you, Chris. <laughs> you're you're my favorite co-host. Oh, you're my favorite co-host, dude. Uh, hold on. Oh. Uh, do I still have it? Do I still have it? I do not I have the smooch. I the smooch name on here, but I do not have it anymore. Sorry, pal. Um, what you, what you do? Oh, the smooch, smooch button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I know I was a little bit of a warning zoo this morning or the, this uh, podcast, but um, I. Uh, I, I got, you know, whatever. Uh, but Dude, it was fun. Yeah, it was... Don't, don't, don't apologize. We just had a great time, a great conversation with Mark. Like he said, go check him out on any one of his uh, podcasts. Yeah, Dig Team Net um, or W Team Network. I, I've listened to several myself this uh, past week getting ready to have a conversation with him. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd gosh. love to have him back on anytime, honestly. I can't wait to talk to him on Wednesday about wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah. Def- make sure you... Uh, Plug our podcast on there, too. No, dude. Uh, Why would I do that? Visit okay. uh, us online. We don't suck. Now we're on Facebook. Facebook.com. Shout out to us on podcast. We're on Twitter. At NTS Podcast. We're on Instagram. At NTS Podcast. And we're on all places you find podcasts. Podcast. Uh, Spotify. Apple. Podcast. Uh, iHeartRadio. Deezer. I think we're on Deezer. Wherever. Did you get too drunk? No, I had one beer, man. Okay. I'm just, You're just tired? I'm just real tired, dude. I, I these past Next time drink a Red Bull. These last last uh, these last two weeks I've been working out five days a week. So, yeah, you're working out, working out. Yeah, working out like thirty minutes workout every day. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's something else, man. Uh, I'm sore. Push-ups, curls, are you using machines. We're using a. I mean, meanwhile, if you're doing a video on YouTube, we're just following the fitness stuff there. Uh, today, nice. Today was a little less strenuous. We did stretching, which is mm-hmm. a full body stretch for thirty minutes. Which is painful to me because I'm not flexible at all, but that's why we're doing it. But all hey, the other, all the um, other four days, we're doing high intensity cardio workouts. So, all right, um, look at high energy stuff. All right, you don't have to do energy drinks, mm-hmm. but look at high energy stuff. Like okay. there, there are things like out there. Like I, like I drink. Yeah, I, I use uh, I use a Mio. Okay. Okay. And I usually drink one of those before I do our podcast and stuff okay. like that. Just give you a little more energy to get your metabolism up and your body going. Okay. Thanks. So. That's why I'm staying at the same. You know, I've stayed at the same body weight for like the last two years. <laughs> I'm literally like at the plateau. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I have. I've. I've been between two fifty and two sixty five for like the last two years. Okay, well, that's that's how you stay maintain, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Got to maintain All right. in the brain. I mean, uh, yeah, in the in the brain. Um, what's the uh, for small businesses, which we'll talk about next week? What do we do for them? If you have a small business, make sure to give us an information, DM us, email us, uh, get a tattoo of Chris's face on your buttock, and we'll be more than happy to advertise for free on you on our podcast. Just send us the information, we'll be more than happy to. Yeah, our, Go our ahead email and, is movies don't suck at podcast at gmail.com or info at movies don't suck.net. That's how you can get a hold of us. So Yes, there you go. Chris, hit that outro. Yeah.
That's another episode of Movies Don't Suck and Some to Do. My name is Neil. And I'm Chris. And remember, guys, no matter what year it is, always love. Make sure you make everyone happy, have friends, and happiness. But remember, if your neighbor's too loud, shoot the bastard in the head. Have a good night!